0: What's up everybody welcome to episode 13 the unlucky number of press yyz a video game podcast this is where this is your one-stop shop where we bring you all the best video game news and discussion with a you, you man i can't read today with a uniquely canadian twist you can find us on twitter at press yyz where we appreciate any feedback you may have this week we're going to talk about the march sales numbers of many of the games that came out Updates to Nintendo games, and we're gonna wrap everything up with a video game rehab of one of my favorite franchises, Mass Effect. I'm your host for today, who can't read apparently, Alex Ballant, joined by Mitch George.
1: What is a Mass Effect?
0: Well, I mean, you see, there's these uh, giant spaceships. Pornography. We're also joined makes by AJ. Heavier. We're also joined by AJ Fraser.
2: I spoke to my girlfriend, and she has given the thumbs up on the term nips. So, you're welcome everybody.
3: I still don't like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alexander Kazina.
3: Hey everybody, I'm broadcasting from the 7th dimension today.
0: Nice. I've heard that that's I've heard that's where the real good stuff happens. And finally, oh, to, yeah! And finally to round out our cast, Nathan McInerney. Hey guys. McInerney. Yeah, you got
4: it. Second, got it right second you Got it the
1: second time.
0: Got it the second time. Hey. It takes as at least
1: 3 as- times hosting to not screw
0: up his name. Yeah, as soon as I said it, I'm like, "Wait, and so, had to had to immediately jump back on that. But, you know, we're all learning. <laughs> it's a learning process. Um, so, how's everybody doing? How's it going since last week?
2: <sighs> depressing. It's... Quarantine is depressing, guys. Oh, yeah. I can't definitely. sleep. I
1: can't eat.
3: It's It's been a real bad week for me, to be honest. Mm. It's been a weird week, even for me, actually. Um, but, oh, so. well, just in the fact that... So, one... Uh, I, I've, previously before the quarantine started up, I was actually getting to bed at like 2am, 3am, for, which for me is pretty good, and then I was getting up at like 10, 11am, which is, again, for me, pretty good, and I totally fell back into bad habits once the quarantine kicked in and started waking up at like 2pm, 3pm, and so I've, I've been trying to kind of reset my sleep schedule this week and get back into a good rhythm of things. Uh, that, and also, like, the work has started up again. I'm currently working on an assignment for gamers. There was a pre- a br- brief period of time where I had all the time in the world to play video games, and, yeah, now it's just over. So, uh, still certainly not terrible, but, you know, n- nothing good ever lasts.
0: Yeah, I definitely know that having having something to to work on can always be a blessing when you have unlimited amount of time to play games. It's just... It kind of gets redundant, at least I find so. So having that nice balance is nice, but unfortunately there is no balance right now. Because no, there, the ba- there is
1: one speed. That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The, yeah. That that
2: speed and that balance, uh, for me, tends to be uh, YouTube rabbit holes, and I, I I found myself down a weird. No, nah, I guess it's not weird. Uh, uh just as kind of a scientific rabbit rabbit hole. Uh, on YouTube, uh, this one channel that I I, I just sort of fell right into is called nile red i don't know if you guys have heard no. of it um no nope. yeah he uh he, he references veritusium a lot uh so he's clearly a fan of of him but uh this nile red guy he's got his own laboratory and patreon and stuff like that and he just does these really well narrated science experiments like one of them he he burned diamonds to collect the co2 off of them and then put it into a soda stream so that he could have diamond CO2 carbonated water.
1: Ooh. That seems yeah. like an expensive hobby. It seems like yeah. it would hurt your um, insights.
2: May, uh, well, maybe. it's. I mean, it's just CO2 off of diamonds. But it's, yeah, the most expensive water in the world. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that's kind of the the rut I've I've fallen into. Like, I'll, I'll want to boot up Minecraft or something, and then I just don't.
3: Uh, the rut I've fallen into, as far as YouTube video stuff goes, is I've been watching this channel called Guga Foods, which basically is this guy that makes the most expensive. Oh, looks like we were a man down. Uh, I'll, I'll just proceed as normal. Uh, watching this YouTube channel called Guga Foods, where it's this guy that makes the most like expensive wagyu steak. Philadelphia cheesesteaks and all these like delicious mi- meat dishes that cost a fortune to create. Uh, outside of the realm of YouTube, however, I've been playing a game that uh, our man down, Mister Mitch George, oh he's back now, uh, that Mister Mitch George and Alex Ballant have been playing, which is Final Fantasy 7 um it is I am not stuff. very far into it. I am well off from completing it, but man, I am loving this game, and I am astounded by the amount of work that has gone into the camera angles in this game it feels like every two seconds it cuts and shows a completely different angle uh, on whatever action is currently going on and it is it's a thing of beauty man it is such a stylish game it's it's
1: incredible the things they've done with even even the backgrounds like you know they're static but it still just looks like an extension of the rest of the game and it's just the world feels so lived in in, in a way that no other game has really felt that way for me in quite some time. Uh, but I went down a bit of a rut myself and that's kind of based on my wardrobe change. Um, mm-hmm. I went, I fell deep down a Disney rabbit hole this week. <laughs> so oh, I've been watching you. a lot of Disney plus I've been rewatching the Imagineering story for those who haven't seen it. It's a six part documentary series on Disney plus about the, History of the Disney parks and how they came to be. And it's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. They do talk about a lot of the struggles, a lot of the financial and leadership issues they've had over the over the years. And it, it's a really interesting watch. I'm enjoying it very much so, again, the second time. Uh, and I've just, uh, this past week, and I also jumped into a Twitch stream from one, the nanobiologist, who mm-hmm. basically did a day at Disneyland with an Xbox 360 game and some POV videos of the rides. And guys, I want to go back so bad. I didn't think I'd go through this kind of withdrawal from Disney, but I really, 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 really want to go back. And my, my honeymoon later this year, we had thought about doing Europe and making Paris and uh, Disneyland Paris a stop on that trip. And now that may or may not happen. I'm you know betting more towards may not. Uh, it may be a more domestic honeymoon. And if that could include the US, maybe that includes Disney. But if not, I don't know. It's, it's just the little things that you really want to come back to normal. Even just like the daily or weekly videos I'd watch from uh, Disney bloggers like Disney Food Blog, uh, The Tim Tracker, and a few others. Then I'm really missing that kind of content right now, too. Just new videos yeah. of people in the parks. And it's, it's yeah, definitely uh, something I miss.
2: Yeah. Just before everything shut down and all that, like, it, every, like you just see videos everywhere of people going to like, uh, star wars galaxy's edge and stuff like that and it's just it just i want to i want to go to star wars and
1: i think mickey and minnie's runaway railway had just opened like four or five days prior to the shutdown Oof. in disney's Oof. hollywood studios in florida and that mm, ride wow. looks incredible i really there, want to get back there for that there,
2: there's a so in japan aren't they supposed to be uh, opening at some point nintendo land well, I thought yeah. that's that was universal like part of universal yeah it's a Universal Park, right? Yeah. 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 But, yeah it's be no, part it's of it's just, Universal Studios delayed. Tokyo. Yeah.
1: No, okay. no. Uh, Tokyo uh, Super Mario Land was or Super Nintendo Land was supposed to open this year. Oh, yeah. It was, was supposed that, to open for, for, the, for Olympics, the, Olympics,
2: the Olympics. Yeah. Oh.
1: Which well, obviously yeah. is going to get or has obviously been delayed. So anything that was going to tie into Nintendo around the Olympics, the Mario mm-hmm. and Sonic game, which did end up coming out. The Super Mario movie was supposed to come out next year. We'll see if that's We're still the case. We're not missing anything case. with that. Dude, it's going to be good. It's Illumination. It's, it's, illumination Illumin- is good.
4: Can it be as good as are the original? Wait, no, Carmen heard, right.
1: Carmen is listening, are you, are and she loves the minions. You cannot talk shit about the minions. You, I can't. I can't. No.
0: I No. My, my brain is melting out of my ears right now, hearing all of that right there.
3: <laughs> Banana. I I have confidence that if it ever comes out, they'll be able to pull it off, but my interest level in it is next to nothing, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just really like the old Super Mario Brothers movie.
4: Why can't we re- re-release that? It was a it was a really really creative movie that I
1: don't That's think enough people quote. appreciate. Nathan, you saying that is why I put on a Leafs hat and not the hat I was wearing before
3: because you deserve this. <laughs> um, you deserve this. Like who, who in their mind is like you know what? We're we're gonna adapt Super Mario Brothers for the silver screen. Let's make it. Like a kid friendly version of Blade Runner. Yes. Like that, it takes serious balls to come up with a premise like that. <laughs> and it did not I, I give him a lot of credit. It's
4: a really good film. Uh, I think it's uh, vastly, I think people just couldn't understand it at the time when it came out. It's one of those films that people yeah. need to go back and revisit. No, it isn't. Let it die. So, uh, I took a chance. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, but, really? in be- no. yeah. In- you? In no. between Animal Crossing, uh, I started in a little <laughs> miniseries on Netflix called Tiger King. Oh. Finally. Oh, nice. So, I'm a little late to the party, but I'm three episodes in. It's really fantastic. I hear I, he likes cats. I did notice
1: last night they released an, a new episode, which is just Joel McHale interviewing the cast, which is
3: kind of crazy in itself. Well, I kind of want to give that a watch tonight. Mm-hmm uh i i considering that we're talking about netflix for a brief sec here i figure i should mention that i also watch a netflix series called Beastars. uh it is an anime and specifically uh what's interesting about it i, I i'm trying to process my thoughts because there's a lot to talk about here um it's an anime that's done in that 3d animated style okay, okay uh so like in the same style as like that godzilla anime which perhaps you've seen a preview for or on the netflix.
1: or the new saint Seiya
3: netflix series knights of the zodiac the netflix one y- yeah, sort of like sure. that? yeah, in that kind of style. Um, it is a show about a bunch of kind of anthropomorphic animals that attend a high school, and it is way more serious in tone than you might initially think. It basically deals with how these animals have a difficult time controlling their urges, and every now and then uh, one of the animals decides to devour one of the other uh, plant-loving animals, and kind of all of the interesting situations and drama that emerges from that it's I, I don't want to give away much more because it's one of those series that i b- think is best enjoyed going into with a blank slate so go and give that a shot and don't be deterred by the animation style if that's the kind of thing that uh interests you i'll say that so i did
1: actually play some video games this week uh the oh. main one other than continuing to play final fantasy 7 remake to get ready for my hard mode run on twitch.tv slash press yyz is i got into the dlc for marvel ultimate alliance 3 oh how's that so the lot it's i i okay there were a lot of people that did not enjoy that game i can see their problems with the game i had a lot of fun with it so coming back to the late like so i came back for the marvel knights dlc i came back or i didn't even come back for the x-men dlc because it was more of the same it was just more challenge mode kind of stuff which isn't really my cup of tea But the most recent uh, DLC release, the third pack, is Fantastic Four themed, has story content, and I've been enjoying it thus far. I mean, it's more of the same. If you like the game, you're going to like this Fantastic Four DLC. Is the entire DLC package worth it if you don't like challenge mode stuff? Absolutely not. Do not buy it if if that's not your cup of tea. Uh, I made that mistake, but it's a game I really enjoy. It's fun getting back into it. It's it's nice having something that isn't Final Fantasy to play when I need a break from Final Fantasy. But goddamn, I'm going to go back to Final Fantasy. It's so good. I'm now three <laughs> trophies away from the platinum, one of which being completed Ooh. on hard mode. Ooh, so, good job!
3: Fingers crossed. I'm very proud of you.
0: I uh, I myself has have also been playing Final Fantasy Remake, and I um. So I got to a point in the game. I'm not going to say what it is because it's a little bit of a spoiler. Um,
1: we are planning to do weird. a spoiler episode with just myself, oh, yeah, Cosy, I mean, and Alex once be... we finish the game, and we will spoil the ever-leaving everliving in out of this game. So just that would, keep an eye out for be, that.
0: That would be great. But so I, um, there's a there's a boss fight in the game. That's a uh, very strange. It's um it's about halfway through. Um, and it's in an arena. I'm just trying to give vague enough hints that people I mean people probably know if they know what it is, but I um was partaking in um a legal substance that is legal here in Canada um, and oh, I thought you you meant in the game no no in in real <laughs> life and right at the moment where that boss appeared was when it when I could feel it and it oh, was boy. weird. I wish I could say more, but um. Final Fantasy is a very weird, weird game Because, like, you get, like, this, like, sci-fi Like, almost, like, cyberpunky type stuff Like, um, aesthetic to it But then there's all of these fantasy elements to it Like the chocobos And, like, weird creatures That are not just, like, monsters But they're, like, fantasy monsters that I just, mean, the
1: materia system with yeah, spells it's always, And all that kind of thing, too,
0: it, right? Every time that stuff keeps coming up I am, like, I ask myself, like, what game am I playing again? Because it feels kind of <laughs> it's really weird how those two things kind of clash together, and I know that was kind of... Were you forgetting because of the substance or because no, of just, the... No, just... No, that happened... That, that's happened a lot of the time. That's happened a lot of the time. Um, a lot of the time, just in general, was just like, wow, this really feels like it's kind of clashing of, like, two different aesthetics. But, I mean, yeah, the substance didn't help.
1: No, I would agree with you. It does feel like a product of the time that it was released, right? Because there was polygonal rpg style graphics and those things didn't look so weird side by side and we're getting to a point that the human models are so photorealistic like they you're getting close to unvalley or uncanny valley territory where that all looks so good that seeing the weird uh fantasy elements next to it is almost like it doesn't seem like it should be in this world i totally yeah. agree with you on that that's something i ran into a bunch
0: mm-hmm. and i feel like it's only like continuing the further that i'm getting into the into the game yeah um i'm really excited to to keep playing it i'm about like 28 hours in so i'm pretty close to the end i'm pretty sure no you're not okay well there's another well i mean <laughs> in comparison to the amount that... i've got way more behind me than in front of me
1: did you did you go around doing all the side quests and everything or did you no, let that all pass I, you by? there's a
0: certain point where i was just like i want to keep going with the main story
1: all right you're probably maybe five seven hours left then but okay. i would say the, the fight that you just finished based on conversations we've had was probably the weirdest in the game I yeah. think so.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's the most. You'll is know it when it as you fight soon as Sora? You get to it in the game. That is for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I've also um, I've been doing. I haven't just been playing Final Fantasy this week. I've uh, also been doing a lot of content creation on my side. Mm, There's um. I saw this. Yes. So one uh, one thing that I did do is for my final project i released my short film it's right now unlisted on youtube just because i technically don't have the i, I technically own part only part of the copyright to release it so i am able to like send it to people but i can't technically have it on youtube so it's unlisted it
2: can, it can go in your portfolio but that's about yeah it.
0: yeah so you know uh it's very it's very great um uh well i mean it was very great like having it be finished having something that i made that i've been like conceptually thinking about for the last like uh last five or six months like like actually become real because it's basically like right at the day one of film school they're like come up with an idea for a four minute short film where it doesn't have any dialogue and so then from there it just kind of iterate it gets iterated upon 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 until finally it it gets made and i was really really proud of it and yeah and so i sent it to i sent it to the yyz crew and aj (laughs) immediately pointed out a spelling mistake i made in it you're welcome uh, I'm a little want, late want, for that I, watched I want it, thanks in the credits I literally watched it probably a hundred times and I never noticed it <laughs> It always point. helps
1: to get a second set of eyes on yeah. things like that because yeah. you yeah. see you watching it as much as you were mm-hmm. you're going to you know things are gonna start to burn and that happens to me too with work yeah. with code is I look at the same thing so many times I can't figure out why something's not working one person comes over and looks for two minutes it's like oh yeah there's your problem
0: yeah. Oh, but uh, aside from that that I've been working on for however long that's and the, the short film is called Bon Appetit. It's about a guy it was, who it, likes Oh go ahead. I was gonna say it was you great. I me. really enjoyed it. Thank yeah, where'd you way to go? Thank you. I, I'm really happy with it. But um as well, I uh made a video for my YouTube channel about uh PlayStation covers and the inside and the interior art that you find in the PlayStation covers. Because this was something that I noticed with Marvel Spider Man that it had a reversible cover that actually had the PlayStation logo on the spine of the game. And I had never seen that in any other game that had a reversible cover. And so I made a whole video around it. It's on, um, it's on my YouTube channel, uh, blatant films i believe is what it's called i have so many dumb names for it i think you blat- really gotta you
1: like really a- gotta come up with like one brand because you've got blatantly alex blatantly underscore alex
0: alex ball okay well that's because blatant i couldn't get, films yeah that's because i couldn't get it i couldn't get my twitter to not have the underscore but regardless, Actually,
2: disregard for continuate
0: <laughs> yeah but regardless of the um, word is. Regardless, continuity was the continuity word yeah i word good regardless i'm really happy with that video it was it's something that i've been kind of like i've ranted about just to to people i know um just in general and so i finally like just made it and i have been having a lot of fun with youtube and i think i'm going to continue doing it and the next video is going to be a highlight video of whenever i eventually get around to doing the steam controller doom eternal mission and I yeah. cannot wait for that stream I'm, it's gonna be so I, good I've already made a little intro for it and I think it's there's you know a YouTube video is gonna be successful when you download footage of the Hindenburg burning down
1: Oh always <laughs>
0: yeah You so, sure about that that's a that's a little preview of what I've been working on Can we Great. turn this into a series I'm with back for that yes. Um, and
1: where can people catch that stream when that, it is live
0: that stream will be on this twitch channel that if you are watching live but if you are not and you're listening on podcast services it's on twitch.tv slash and also follow me on twitter at blatantly underscore alex and i'll make the big announcement of when it's gonna actually happen i'm gonna give people a couple of days to at least know about it before to I wrap their brain go. around
2: the idea that oh my god it's actually happening
1: we'll that use the show podcast account to advertise it as well since it's on our channel so just yes. keep an eye on PressYYZ on Twitter or blame Yeah you don't have to follow
0: Alex. me you don't have to follow me
1: yep just sure. follow the show you'll get all yeah. our fun stuff there
0: yeah so yeah that's that's basically what I've been doing I've been doing a lot of content creation I've also did do a stream last night uh, on Tuesday April 21st uh, and I played Halo Reach on Legendary and Mitch Watch Me Die Probably like two hundred times.
1: That's how I was able to justify just paying attention to the story of the Marvel Ultimate Alliance DLC and not you.
2: <laughs> I I started playing a little bit of Halo on PC, uh, Halo Reach, um, doing my own little bit of a legendary playthrough, just kind of getting a feel for it. It's it so hard. that game is very hard. That Reach game is very good. Yeah. As well,
0: Reach is, Reach is great, but it's, I one of yeah. the hardest ones oh is my it god bad
1: yeah. that i could not tell what game you were playing i just figured it was a halo
4: because they all look the same i mean all right switch to four people yeah. cut him yeah, out please right. thank you
0: all right that's the end of the episode guys thank <laughs> yeah, you for
3: watching it was no, fun being here yeah, yeah um everything no, yeah, going um, on is the potion.
2: i unfortunately didn't see um the part of your stream where you were you were playing that i did uh, tune in for a bit while you were playing halo ce Uh, multiplayer as well but um yeah yeah, halo Halo reach is very difficult um it plays really well on pc um i do have i did have to remap some keyboard controls uh, yeah the default
0: keyboard layout is not the
2: best yeah it's a little weird to throw grenades when you're used to left trigger right trigger stuff yeah so
0: but yeah uh one thing that i'm actually i so i've been perusing the halo subreddit and from what people can kind of discern is um is a uh, i think Halo 2 anniversary is probably going to be coming out in um either next week or the week after
2: i think i heard this mm.
0: depending on how depending on because um the thing is i don't think it's going to be next tuesday because um because a uh, Gears Tactics comes out and there's no way Microsoft's going to directly compete with themselves but uh i think it's gonna be may may 5th is gonna be when halo 2 anniversary comes out because when halo ce came to pc as soon as they ended the flight it immediately came out and they're just about to end the flight like this week so there's a really good chance that halo 2 anniversary is going to be out on pc and i'm so excited for it it looks it looks great it looks like a godsend
4: testing hey
0: for for the audio listeners the uh the discord was lagging and we couldn't see or hear nathan and now he's back
1: he was also paused on the stream for a good five to seven minutes yeah
2: his head was just down he was looking very sad and it looked like he
1: just couldn't stand ironically yeah i mean i I don't Uh, ironically
4: i saw you guys perfectly and i had no idea that there was a problem (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm glad I sent you that message then. Otherwise, we would have done this well, whole I kept show right
4: and I was like, maybe they're, I'm just not getting the right space in, but it's fine. It's we just possible. don't like you. Yeah, we don't like y'all that much. <laughs> uh, again? I'm glad I thought to send you a message after about 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> all right. So that recording's going to sound so weird.
0: Oh, it's going to be fun having to edit Sorry. <laughs> I can't wait.
1: Leave it in. Leave it in. There'll just be oh, random. No. There's, oh, there's you know some... what?
0: Cut the section out and put it at the end. That's an Easter egg. For all our most dedicated listeners. Yes. Yeah, everyone yeah.
1: on Twitch saw how poorly that went. Hey, guys, oh. welcome to
0: Press YYZ, where we bring you the most quality of content.
2: Are we restarting the podcast here?
3: No, this is the post-show, remember? Can, can oh, I right. plug one more thing?
4: Yeah.
5: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh,
4: so I got a chance to play Sikyo uh, Shooting Stars Bravo for the Switch. As a review, I think I may have mentioned that I played CQ Shooting Stars Alpha a little while ago. It's a shmup, uh, shmup collection. With uh, Are you guys familiar with the term shmup?
0: No. What did you just yeah. call me?
1: <laughs> as in shoot em up, as in bullet oh, okay. hell, as in okay, lots okay. of thingies on the screen trying to kill you.
4: Yeah, so early think 90s, like gradi- uh, Gradius, sh-
1: that sort of thing.
4: Yeah, Gradius. Uh, so this one has a bunch of cool games in the collection um, that are shoot 'em ups. Very fun, great collection overall. One of them is actually a brick breaker and a shoot 'em up combined, which is really cool. That sounds so, like it's right up my alley. Yeah, uh, I I think the collection is. I want to say it's a it's more it's thirty nine American, so it's a little more Canadian. But it, if you can get it on sale, it's a great collection of games. I'll keep an eye on it.
2: Not gonna lie, when you first said it, I thought you mispronounced Sekiro, and I thought it was some weird spin-off.
5: Hmm.
4: No, Sekiro, no, for the switch. I, I'm not even sure I'm saying Sekio right. It's P S I K Y O. That's close enough. Pete
1: Yeah, cause yeah. you spent time in Japan. How is that? How is that pronounced? What is the phonetics of that?
3: Uh. I mean, I don't really. You Way don't really see a spot. lot of people with P's and S's had and to. K's all in a row. <laughs> you do see a lot of T S U's all in a row because yeah. there's Soon. a lot of Japanese words that use that. But I don't know, Sekio, I guess, is probably the most correct. I don't know. As close as we're gonna get. Back to you, Alex. All right.
0: All right. So that seems to be that seems to wrap up nicely what we've uh, been playing. I'd like to think, and what we've been doing. We got a nice bit of conversation in there. But with that. We're going to jump right into the weekly news dump. And I'm not going to make fun of how it's called the dump because this is a dump. Dump it all over me, Alex.
4: Ready, set,
5: go. News drop.
1: There's some decent articles in there, some well-written pieces by some writers who do a really good job
0: every day. I'm not denying that. This is all well-written stuff. And our first one that we're going to delve into of the well-written nature is something that we all should be generally aware of, is uh, Nintendo is investigating a sudden rise in unauthorized login attempts from GameIndustry.biz. The writer of it is Hayden Taylor. And so, to sum it up, because I was... I've read through it. Uh, apparently, earlier this week, Nintendo sent out like advised users to activate their two-factor authenticators uh, because there's been a lot of uh, third-party logins that have been happening. And, I mean, you know, what do we think about this? A lot of people have a lot of time on their hands. They want to try to get your Nintendo account. They want to try to get your yeah. Nips. Oh my God.
1: Yeah, I'll le- I'll hands off my allegedly notes. it was just a it was just a brute force. Um, password attack where people's you know previously compromised passwords were used to try to get into their Nintendo accounts. And I added this in here just because I want more people to be aware that if you have the option of using two-factor authentication, it may be a pain in the ass, but do it. If you have even more time, invest in a password manager where you can randomize your passwords and have to be very complex. Does that make logging into devices without your password manager difficult? Absolutely. Signing into my PlayStation or my Switch is an absolute nightmare. Is it worth it because people aren't stealing my money and buying V-Bucks and Fortnite? 120%. So protect your online shit.
2: So specifically with... um... The Nintendo Nintendo is using Google's uh, Authenticator, um, and I had an experience with uh, Google's Authenticator and Discord once. Um, this is actually my second Discord account because I screwed up and lost the uh, reactivation codes when I had to factory reset <sighs> my phone at one point um, uh, for my original um, Discord account and. It can be a nightmare so it take it seriously that hey you want to lock your account down and Mm -hmm. make sure nobody else gets access to it but also take it seriously in keep keep the the recovery codes and in in a safe spot and you know make sure you write them down somewhere make sure they're they're not going to go missing and make sure you know where they are and how to get them
1: you don't have to use Google Authenticator with Nintendo. I use so I use LastPass as a. Uh,
4: I use LastPass as it. a
1: pass. Really? Because I use LastPass as a password manager, and I use LastPass for my Nintendo account.
3: It made me use Google Authenticator. Yeah. So were there any yeah. I like, uh, reports of people actually getting successfully hacked into and getting their accounts compromised, or just Nintendo giving out the warning? No,
1: people's accounts were
3: compromised. People were seeing purchases of hundreds of dollars worth no. of
1: V-Bucks, which is Fortnite's digital currency, no. on their accounts that they had never authorized. Um, Nintendo's store also isn't great. Like I, It's literally like a three-button press, and I've purchased something on my credit card because yeah. I'm the only one that uses the Switch. So, I don't anticipate someone going in and buying stuff, but I probably should make it so I have to put in a password every so often. Uh, w-
0: I, I have it set up that every time I log into the store, I have to put in the password, which is tedious, but I'm yeah, glad that too. I have it.
1: For me, it's just tedious because it is a secure password. So, it's not oh, yeah. a, a, not an easy one to type out, so it would take me a while. I, uh, so, I'm, I'm more so just falling back on my password strength I, to keep me I, safe. I mean,
3: I realize this probably and to this reflects on the fact that I don't use my Switch a whole a lot often, but... I actually didn't realize that you could turn that off. And specifically when I say turn that off, I mean turn off having to re-enter your password every time that you log into the shop to buy something.
1: Yeah, no, you don't have to have that enabled. I figure 2FA 2FA is enough to protect my account. Yeah, because
3: I'm actually on the other hand where I actually would prefer to not have that every time I buy something, so I'm gonna look into that. Uh, But I will also be looking into two-factor authentication because you're right, it's better to be safe than sorry. Absolutely.
4: I've uh, put passwords on any store uh, because I woke up one morning and my kids had purchased all the Peggle DLC by accident. Hmm. That sounds like smart kids. Well, look, it, the Peggle DLC is fine. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't something worse. But when the G- Peggle 2 opens, it sits right at the store icon. Oh, the oh mini scumbags.
1: Oh. I blame yeah. EA for that one
4: that's a classic ea move from that time hopefully they're getting better but uh uh the minute that spoiler happened, alert they're not getting went... better <laughs> wait aren't they slightly kinda in some they want places to think it depends on the game like star wars was good they had a good star wars game they've kind of fixed battlefront apex
0: is good but apex like, is yeah.
4: good no loot boxes in need for speed yeah. They're still they a scummy company. Company. They're still trying to get your I mean, your they money. have fixed up Battlefront 2. It took them a that, long that time was, to recover from that, dice, though. That was dice,
0: though. That was less EA and more just dice. I mean...
1: Well, it was probably more so the mouse pressuring EA to be like, no, you're ruining our brand. Fix yeah. this now or we're pulling the I, license. I, I'm not trying to play
3: yeah, corporate apologists for EA. I'm just saying they do have good stuff.
0: Yes. Yeah, they've got good games. That's for sure. And we're going to talk about some of those good games later oh. in the Mass Effect trilogy spoilers. We... Well, we're going to talk about some of the good ones and <laughs> one of the not so good ones. But <laughs> right. until then, all the people who use their two factor authenticators can buy games like Animal Crossing New Horizon, which tops the software sales charts of the month of March. Thank you. I'm getting the I'm getting the Ooh. seal of approval from Mitch on my transition skills. Nailed that was it. A good one. Uh, so. <laughs> So uh, this article, this next article that we're jumping into, is uh, from VG247, and it's NPD numbers for March 2020, and Animal Crossing New Horizon is at the top of that sales chart, and we can... Surprising woo. nobody.
3: So, like, if you were to log in right now to the group chat for Press Y Y Z on Discord, <laughs> you would be surprised to discover that the single thing that it has been talked about there the most over the past four months has not been you know hey what are we talking about on the podcast hey you know what should i do for my streaming setup what kind of pc components do i need for my new pc it's this f- that has come some animal crossing new horizons turnip market and everything surrounding <laughs> it and i am like i have come so close to being like guys can you just do it somewhere else but then I fear that if you guys do then that, then he gets a giggle at just, our
2: nips, and no,
3: then it's going to be the four of you talking amongst yourselves in another thread, and I'm going to be all by myself in the other one. So just so you know, cozy, as you were saying that, I created a nip talk thread, oh, no. so we can not
1: bother Wait. you with all of our animal crossing discussions. It's discussion two
0: weeks anymore. in a row where you've brought it up. How all right. you're consciously aware of how much I don't been talking
1: want about to upset you. I want to keep that trap professional
3: and not about. I mean, moves. I hope that. We still manage to all remain close together uh, amidst all this, but if we don't, I'm probably going to have to jump off of you guys and create a new podcast called Press XYZ.
1: You can't do that. You do all the streaming and stuff. We'd lose I'll, all of this. I'll, I'll, I'll
3: export my streaming setup and I'll give it to you. I won't give you the instructions on how to use it, but I'll, God I'll damn give it, you Kelsey. all the tools you need and the rest is in the mind. Okay. We need we need to do this show long enough that you can teach
4: me how to do what you do so that I can do
2: yeah, it better. Yeah, we all need backup plans these days. <laughs>
4: But uh, how amazing are the Animal Crossing sales? Uh, apparently it's, it's the second, second best game of the year uh, behind Call of Duty. It's the best-selling game
1: of the franchise. It's one yeah. of the top-selling games on the Switch already after a month. Third. Yeah, like, it's the third. Uh, what are the, no, sorry. are the
0: Which are the first two? Is it Pokemon and? Uh,
1: so Pokemon was the fastest-selling, and I think.
0: Is it Mario Kart? Or is it, it Smash? Prob-
1: probably mario kart or smash i'm yeah. hopefully someone yeah. in the chat will fact check us but wonder if it's it's doing gangbusters right now i wouldn't be surprised if it ends up selling more than last year's pokemon game or 2018's pokemon game let's go pikachu and eevee based mm-hmm. on where i looked at the, the switch sales charts i think that's around seven mm-hmm. and i think that animal crossing could actually surplant that and land itself in a nice spot in the top 10 switch sales overall it's crazy well- how well this game is sold
4: And all the numbers I think are physical sales too. None of it's digital right now.
1: Nintendo does not report digital sales numbers, so that's all physical. You have to imagine with you have to imagine with the situation we're living in that the majority of sales were probably digital. Yeah, they're
0: on. Um, it's not on this article specifically, but I know like Doom Eternal's physical sales. They were only like number six for this month, but. That also isn't accounting for digital sales or for steam sales and i have a feeling that steam is probably where doom eternal really like shine through so like it's really interesting to see just how much of a just how much of a juggernaut animal crossing is with its limited well what felt like a limited physical release because i couldn't even get it physically because eb games was like was they weren't closed, but they were only keeping it to people who had pre-orders.
4: I'm also really impressed with Nintendo and how they're continuing to support it. You guys all saw the video with all the updates coming, right? I haven't checked yes. out what
0: it actually is, but I know that there is the... So can I get like can I get like a bullet point of what some of the updates are?
1: There's an Earth Day sloth that scares me and is going to be my nightmares for the next couple of weeks.
4: Um, it's nowhere near as scary as uh, Zipper, the bunny. Yes, it is. It's... Uh, uh, it looks actually, like a clown farted in its face are there people annoying- are really excited about the sloth okay no so he's gonna be selling bushes so if okay, you enjoy cool. bush he's the person you talk to
3: huh
1: yeah they're adding shrubs to the game they're yeah. adding an earth day
4: event they're adding there's a wife yeah there's a wedding event coming up uh for that's June. gonna kill me oh. oh yeah i'm sorry about that uh um, no you're not. no, you're not. no uh but Ed, there's a museum expansion so they're gonna be adding artwork uh so there's gonna mm-hmm. be like a guy who comes up on the pier and you can buy uh, apparently try and figure out whether it's forged or real artwork and then it goes on display in the museum in the upgraded museum interesting mm-hmm. okay. so they're treating it like it's a live service and what i really like is people who are time hopping won't be able to get access to these early the way nintendo's releasing the updates
1: Oh that's do, cool.
3: Do they have Yeah, cuz they're they're pushing actual patches to the game. It's not just time to Do defense. they have animals yeah. in Animal Crossing that are based off of the animals from Ice Age?
0: Like a mammoth. Like the actual Yeah, characters? like the mammoth, the weird No,
3: like prehistoric sloth guy, the saber-tooth tiger, the rat. I mean, there are
1: rats and sloths and tigers, but they're not explicitly based on the characters from Ice
3: Age. Why not?
0: I want a Ray Ramon animal crossing <laughs> character That's yeah what just just ray before. ramon but it would be ray
3: ramon gibberish
2: just
3: ray ramon on his own you know i need to i need <laughs> to check out that scrat ice age game that came out a little while ago i heard that was like a fun platinum or something i mean after the acquisition of fox by disney
1: you can catch all the ice age movies on disney plus so just oh, go check them out there true. and keep them out of my animal crossings <laughs>
3: yeah
0: one other thing that i'd like to just when we're still talking about sales of games uh final fantasy 7 remake has been doing exceptionally well shipping 3.5 million units in the first three days which is pretty crazy especially for the fact that it's a ps4 exclusive game i think that's also
1: shipped that's not sold through
0: oh okay
4: yeah so uh,
1: there's a bit of a discrepancy there but even then like that's not digital numbers either with the current situation again digital probably reigns supreme for this release so yeah i could imagine it's I'm still sure. a, a, an incredible launch for what is a first-party first exclusive, timed, at, at least, least for now. At least until
0: 2021 is what it said on my physical copy of the game. Yeah,
1: I think it's a one-year timed release, similar to what uh, Square Enix has been doing with the Tomb Raider games. Well, but yeah, no, it's one great. of the
0: Tomb Raider games. Was it only one? I thought they were all it timed was o- it was only It was only Rise.
4: Yeah, Rise of the Tomb Raider. That was the big one, because... The original one was on everyone and then when rise was announced as an xbox exclusive everybody was pissed yeah Uh, on playstation Yeah, i was gonna
2: say i was not pissed
4: because you were playing it
2: i have not played it
5: because
2: i have all the i have all the things so i would i was not upset about that information i could play it anywhere it
4: came it came to playstation a year later and had every single piece of dlc and extra stuff added into it it was like the like the
2: game of the year edition almost
4: yeah and a special psvr thing that would make you throw up if you're huh. looking to throw up
3: that's
1: most psvr
4: things this one was
1: especially bad <sighs>
3: can, can we go back to talking about ice age
1: no <laughs> Why
0: not
1: alex next thing please
0: okay so i mean i guess speaking of things that make me want to throw up that's not ice age uh call of duty <laughs> warzone cheaters uh are being matched together as punishment which i think is the greatest thing that infinity war could have ever yeah. done so it's better than
3: it's better than banning so let's talk about this i um when i played call of duty warzone a few weeks back i didn't encounter any cheaters if someone were to go i've been playing on pc well if somebody were to go into a call of duty warzone game and were to encounter a cheater what kind of cheaterish activity could one expect to experience
0: I mean, it's probably things like aimbotting and wall hacking, like being able to see oh, okay. through walls and, see, like, th- like, equipment, like being able to see equipment on the map, like things like yeah. that. Like, see, see, I was hoping yeah. that,
3: like, the kind of cheating that these Call of Duty Warzone players are engaging in would be really kind of inventive, wacky stuff, but that's, like, uh, that's not. A, if you're going to cheat standard. and you're going to be like, oh, man, I'm going to do an aimbot, it's like you can't even cheat in a creative way, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you don't have to be creative when those ways have been effective, but I'm glad Infinity Ward is taking a stand in a game that is as popular as it is during this quarantine and saying, no, we're not going to allow this. We're going to figure out ways to find these people and quarantine them themselves into matches with only each other that are all in
0: the gulag. Also, they're also not (laughs) but they're also not doing great things like they don't have any anti cheat systems in the PC version of of Modern Warfare, which is really kind of baffling. That why would and I don't think there hasn't been a Call of Duty game on PC that has had any form of anti-cheat. So within not even a few weeks of the games being out, they immediately get broken and online multiplayer just immediately dies for the PC versions, which honestly really sucks. And I wish that Infinity Ward or Activision would take more steps and just put a little bit of extra effort in. I mean, this is a good step, but I think it's mostly just because now it's affecting the console markets because yeah. of cosplay well that's the big but, reason why I they're mean, doing it modern
1: warfare is multiplayer was cross play right this isn't their first cross play foray yeah, yeah. But i modern think warfare, it's more so this
0: modern warfare is like only a few months old though so this is like still a very the, new thing this is right. still part of yeah modern so warfare. i think
1: right i think i think it's more so the player base for warzone versus the player base for modern warfare everyone is playing warzone like it is free to play everyone's going to jump into it it is a very good way for them to make mm-hmm. money Mm-hmm. They can't make money if people don't play the game. People aren't going to play the game if they can't win. They can't win if they're playing against they can't. bots. Yeah. And the simple. console
2: uh, even even still um j- like before the, this sort of came out um specifically uh a lot of console players were t- turning off crossplay because it kept matching them with really good PC players.
0: Yeah, like like I I mean the mouse is just it's better for twitch shooting yes. than a controller can ever be and so 9 times out of 10 you're probably especially in a game like Warzone specifically where it is more strategic it's not just I shoot you, you shoot me Call of Duty that somebody with a mouse 9 times out of 10 is going to win their battle against somebody with a controller just because of better aim and where I think in Warzone that's like kind of crucial so I can I, see why a lot of I, people are doing that
1: i think to wrap this up alex you have to be a big boy move over to the ps4 with the rest of us I don't have PS and we'll plus. just play warzone yeah. there
0: i'll, I'll you I don't did.
1: need ps plus for warzone you don't i
0: thought no. like you did i don't think so
1: no yeah free, it's free to play, to play. You, you don't typically need it for fortnite need... uh, oh then hell i
0: think yeah, it, let's...
1: i think you i think you needed it initially and then they patched that out because oh, of PlayStation's stance on free to play yeah, but we later. Oh, oh I'm,
5: yeah, was, I'm down with pretty that. i'll totally play and you know
3: it then we can just forget all those mouse and keyboard dorks. And behind. if the PC players ever do manage to get past the firewalls of Doom and invade our games, we can always, you know, uh, step up our elite gamer skills and show them what's what, and they'll never bother us again.
0: Yeah, all of us epic gamers need to rise up. <laughs> never uh.
3: underestimate the power of PlayStation. Yes
0: power to the players. But another thing that we shouldn't underestimate is Nintendo's lack of foresight when it comes to weird things with their games, like with Animal Crossing New Horizons, turnips stock market has its first actual panic, which is <laughs> so strange that it's resembling it's real so life. So Animal you know,
3: Crossing It's resembling this. real life. I'm on the PSN profiles.com page for scratch nutty Adventures, and apparently oh, 57 God damn it. I'm talking about and Animal Crossing. <laughs> platinum for the tr- uh, platinum trophy. So Animal Crossing Are you trying to kill apparently me? Apparently the platinum trophy is called Ice Came, Ice Saw, Ice Conquered. Now that's a pun. It's a pretty good name.
0: So Animal Crossing
3: was Thank having
0: you. was having uh, pe- players at Animal Crossing who had been playing since day 1 have yep. been having a have been having a real interesting situation where this week uh, this week, the store, Nook's Nook's Cranery, I can't read cranny. today. Uh, cranny, But uh, they've been having, they're getting an upgrade to the store, and the way Animal Crossing works is that uh, when a thing gets upgraded, it closes down for the entire day, like the real-world day, and then it opens up the next day. And the day that the, the store is going to have its upgrade is when a lot of people are going to be seeing their turnip prices spike. And people are kind of losing their minds on twitter about it which i think is hilarious what do you guys think about the Uh, stock market crash
1: i'm really lucky i sold my turnips on
4: tuesday Yep, same here too because my store is also upgrading this coming thursday mine's so mine it's closed today so it's upgrading i'll have the new store tomorrow same with you mitch no no for me it's tomorrow because I think there was a day when
1: it first came out where I didn't complete one of the objectives on that day. I carried uh, over a day. So I'm one day behind, but it doesn't matter.
0: I'm okay. multiple days behind because there's been a lot of days where I haven't played the game. So <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, hey, That man. is a
1: daily activity. You wake up, you play Animal Crossing, then you take your morning shit. Yeah. In that order. Oh, or you can do it at the same you- time.
0: Yeah, wait, I was going to say, why can't you just do it at the same time? That's the whole point of the Switch.
3: So, like, I mean, I can, but those who live with other people may not want all, to. you know, Ice Age jokes aside, I really am curious oh what Nintendo is thinking right now. Because it, the big Animal Crossing meme used to be, Oh, man, it's really funny that Animal Crossing and Doom are releasing on the same day. Here's a fan art of Isabelle and the Doom Slayer hanging out and killing demons. And now everybody's incredibly corporate and business-like and trying <laughs> to predict the stock market. And I wonder <laughs> which kind of mimetic culture Nintendo prefers. Do they prefer the stock market, I, or do they prefer Doom X Animal Crossing?
0: I feel like they probably lean more to the stock market because that's at least a that's at least a feature that they added in their game. They didn't ask for the Doom. <laughs> how crossovers. do they?
2: Yeah, but how, how do you think they feel about um, Tom Nook coming after your kneecaps if you don't pay?
0: I mean, that's been a thing since the GameCube, so I'm pretty sure. Sh-
1: how do you think they feel about people complaining about having to sell their tournaments while games are crashing? Communication errors are happening all over the place. People can't actually move on islands because of too many people coming in or coming out. That narrative is not good. That is not a good look for Nintendo. So in all fairness with yeah.
4: Nintendo, they haven't figured out online pretty much in any game. Uh, like maybe <laughs> Splatoon. Pokemon's not bad. Um, Pokemon's not
0: bad. I know Smash is not the best but it's also not terrible
4: uh, smash lets you, you go in Wi-Fi and you
2: smash and it works
1: smash is pretty bad oh,
0: okay it's bad
4: yeah it's it's not great the nintendo just needs to look at their netcode especially on something like this i don't understand why the game needs to stop and reload for everybody every time somebody comes in yeah like and i'm not well, an I engineer but
1: so the, the system that, like, let's say I'm traveling to your island. My system has to do that initial load of your entire island. So if you look at when you start your game, if you start it from the main menu, it's going to take 30 to 45 seconds for that initial load because it loads in the whole thing. That being said, the map's not big. Nintendo, get your act together. It, like, these things should not be taking it, 30 to 45 seconds. It should seconds.
2: do it for the person joining the island in the background. Yes. It shouldn't have to do that for everybody who's already there
4: you should just get a but notification the, 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 this the, the, person's arrived and they come out of the, the airport yeah exactly like, like a little notification yeah. there,
1: there there must be something around the way that they've programmed the island itself where where you are on the island is also being broadcast to that person so if you were to be moving while it's trying to load that data to the other person's switch it may be that that load takes an extra minute and a half, two minutes. Who knows I, I, how long? I don't know if that's necessary that because there's
2: extra. Is that any necessarily any different from when you are just going into a building or into one of the houses um, and somebody's already outside it's on not. the island? Like, because before you go into the. But I think building to follow them in there, it has to. It. I don't know. It's weird. It's
5: weird.
1: Yeah. It, it's weird. It's not good. It could be better, and
0: my bet is they're not going to improve it. Probably not. I oh mean, yeah, they, they've, they've got a they've, they've got a sold... money
1: maker on
4: their hands. They're not going to fix yeah, this. They have
0: sold so many copies that they just don't need yeah. to. Yeah, it just doesn't they just matter. Don't need to do anything. They'll and con- it'll sell itself.
4: They'll continue to support it with online events, and that'll be the big thing. Wait for the first Pokemon one. I'm sure there will be a Pokemon one when the updates come out. Really? <laughs> Apparently, New <laughs> don't Leaf. Don't did... hopes up like that. New Leaf and the oh, Wow oh, Games. They did Pokemon, and Pokemon Pokeballs were on the trees, and you could collect them. And
1: oh my god, I mean, so and <laughs> there was Zelda just... ones. And see, this too. is a game that I, this is a game I don't like the online infrastructure. But when you say things like that, it gets me back in. There's this weird
4: charm about it that's gonna keep bringing me back. Every month, there's new things to hunt and collect, and that's what I'm all about.
1: And the thing is, whatever whatever remains of the dev team is working on these monthly updates, they're not working on the netcode of the game. Because if they broke that at this
4: point, people would flip their proverbial shit. Well, they try to fix it and they would fuck it up even worse. So, Or just break it. Yeah, break they it. That wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me either. Imagine a stark stock market cr- uh, collapsing if there was no internet. I bought some hot nips and now I can't travel to another town and sell them? I mean, what are you going to do?
1: It would be great if they got to a point where it's just like, oh, we can tell you're time traveling. Guess what? Your stock market's only ever going to decline. Oh, and you can't leave your island. Have fun. (laughs) Like, find some real way to punish people who are playing the... I mean, play the game the way you want, but it would be funny if they implemented something like that. Because I know there's been other games, like, I know Pokemon, if you mess with the game cl- actually not sword and shield you can mess with the game clock all you want in that game but Pl- in previous games if you mess with the game clock a bunch of activities were locked to you for 24 hours yeah. play i'm surprised i yeah. didn't do something play, similar play Animal
2: the game Crossing. how you want but if you time travel you're a monster in my opinion
4: yeah i, I mean, agree with that a
1: time traveling monster who's in our chat bought me a 50 inch tv in the game and sent it to me so as long as you're going to bribe hey, me i don't care what well, you I'll do mean, wait with the,
4: i need a 50 inch tv who's this person talk to mike talk to mike mike i could also use a 50 inch tv for my exercise room so can i please have one uh thank you i appreciate that
3: i still have the window open for the scrap game if you want god damn it okay wait wait wait. cozy tell me more about this
4: game i want to hear more about this you get one thing
3: you get one you get one point, and then we're moving on. Uh, hold on, hold on. It's I'm, only fair. I'm trying to think of, like, what's a, a good piece of Just so of you can interject something. I, I mean, uh, overall, like I was saying earlier, I think, like, a good 70% of people on PSN profiles. Uh, everybody who owns this game uh, who's on PSN profiles, a good 70% of people own uh, the Platinum for this game. So, I mean, that's pretty high percentage right there. Is it I Am Mayo? Or My Name is Mayo
4: type uh, Platinum? Taco Master? Uh, I noticed no. I had Taco Master. My, my name is, that Ma- I never like, got the platinum for.
3: so to get serious for just a second, I know this is not serious, but if you search up My Name is Mayo on PSN profiles, right now, 97.63% of owners of the game on PSN profiles have the Platinum for that. Uh, and that's for the right PlayStation here. 4 what? version, by the way. The PlayStation Vita version, we're looking at 98.70%. I, what I is the both. point of buying a game that is just for the Platinum? It doesn't make sense I mean, my to name me, so is Mayo actually has some funny dialogue I in it. enjoyed the story of it. It's not even a story. It's just like a random, like, tweets that somebody deleted. It's a meme trophy.
1: Yeah, I guess yeah. so. That's all it is. Yeah, Go get a real Platinum, like Final Fantasy VII Remake.
3: Then come back and talk to me about Platinum. You platinals. know that I got the Rogue Legacy Platinum over the course of the last week, right? I did know that. Congratulations on that. Yeah, and it it should be noted for the record uh, that on PSN profiles, only 2.95% of players have that one. So I think that you're going to be the one who's going to want to be talking to me, Mitch, when it comes to (laughs) Platinums.
0: Well, speaking of Platinums, the games that came before Pokémon Platinum just ah, turned. Look uh, at that! They uh, it's their anniversary because they came out. Um, Thirteen uh, years ago. Thirteen years ago, I was trying to do the math quickly in my head because I was also trying to come up with an amazing segue like that. But yes, yeah, so po- what's
1: twenty minus what's twenty minus seven? Thirteen.
0: Uh, thirteen. There you go. Hey. So, um, yeah. So, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, which actually were my first Pokemon games, wow, uh, came out. God, you're young. Thirteen years ago. And uh, they were the best Pokemon games, at least in my opinion.
3: I, I have a huge. I've only I, I'm pretty fond of mm. like. I like them, them quite a bit. I like
0: Gen. I like Gen 4 a lot, and maybe it's because I do have the rose-tinted glasses for them. But I think Gen 4 has some really great uh, Pokemon. I games.
2: have a very specific memory of playing that game, uh, not Platinum, but uh, Diamond and Pearl specifically. We had a four-player double battle uh, in the hallway of my high school. And we were yelling the commands at each other before class started. And it was a fantastic experience.
1: Hmm. Yeah, some of my best memories of Gen 4, or at least like the DS generation of games, was playing them in high school. Or, at le- yeah, at least Gen 4. Gen 5 was like end of high school, beginning of university. But yeah, sitting in the tech hallway at lunch playing some... Po- Playing some Pokemon, playing some Mario Kart mm-hmm. Seven. Oh yes. Man, those were some good times. Yeah, and I love yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Alex. They're they're great games. They're not my favorite Pokemon games, but they're absolutely worth playing, even mm-hmm. today. And I'm really hoping that our next remake is Gen 4, because it's next in line. As long as they don't go back to the let's go style and start with Gen Two.
3: But yeah. for me, like
0: Let's go total
3: Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl, and also by extension Platinum are the last Pokemon games I think of when I think about my nostalgic Pokemon memories. I enjoyed, you know, Pokemon Black and White and X and Y and Sun Moon and all that stuff after it, but when I think about uh, Black and White onwards, I don't really think of like my childhood Pokemon games, basically. For whatever reason, uh, Generation 4 was just sort of the last hurrah of that era, and I kind of cherish it even, uh, I cherish it very dearly to this day, even though there are a few kind of quality of life things about those games that haven't aged super well. Like the slow surfing is an example.
1: Yeah. Anything related to HMs is going to feel dated after the last few games that haven't really had them. But regardless, I think those games are really well done. They were a lot of fun. And, uh, I would recommend anyone who has access and hasn't played them or can figure out a way to play them legally. I hope give them a
0: shot. They're great games. And if you wanted to play some very good games legally, uh, now, and you wanted to do them very cheaply, <laughs> there are two very great games that are on sale on the Switch that are very, very cheap. And they are Towerfall, which is $6.29, and Celeste, the one of the Game of the Year contenders of 2018, for $6.12
1: both canadian store prices yes. so convert into your currency of choice but, but anyone who's looking for a multiplayer game in quarantine pick up towerfall anyone who's looking for one of the best platformers of all time pick up some towerfall
3: what's that sorry, simple I just want to say towerfall was one of the champions of the ouya so if you own Towerfall, it was the only champion of the, of the ouya. ouya i'm saying if you want to own a piece of history buy towerfall
2: <laughs> oh yeah but
3: it would only be historic if you bought it on the ouya oh well, i mean Good luck finding
1: one I mean, of those. You could do that on eBay. That too. Hold on a sec. Can you still buy? Would games you want to though? On the Ouya. Oh God, no! That store shut down years ago. Mm.
4: Yeah, it's done now.
1: Yeah, it's too bad.
2: It's it's just an Android box, isn't it? Can can you? Yeah. Can you just? Can you like log into the Google Play Store and buy things that way? I don't, I don't know.
0: Why would you want it, to side load it? Why would you want to try though? So, I guess with that, unless you guys have anything left to say about anything we've talked about, whether it be Celeste or anything like Animal Crossing, because that's probably what we've primarily been talking about. That's all we've talked about for the last month. We can move on. We can move on to the topic of the show. Is everyone ready? Speaking of nips. Speaking of nips. There once was a game. There was a game developed by massive yep developed by, by bioware there you go there is a there i have this whole speech plan <laughs> i wasn't There's gonna, gonna be ready develop... for
4: this i this is a new developer i didn't know what game it... we're talking about for a second
0: oh god please don't make fun of me <laughs> are we game... talking about ice Age again there is an rpg developer from edmonton canada that they revolutionized rpgs with jade empire and star wars knights of the old republic and they wanted to evolve their franchise, not just in a way that you participate in the story, but how you affect it. Uh, and, with that, and with that, they re- released a game in November 16th, 2007, called Mass Effect. And Mass Effect was very revolutionary to the Xbox 360, and it was an amazing game. What's that on the original Xbox? By, it was on the 360. 360.
1: No, it was 360. You're thinking oh, KOTOR.
0: Okay. It was about, yeah. KOTOR and Jade Empire were, uh, mm. were Xbox
4: OG games, Xbox yeah. Yeah. Gotcha, my apologies. Keep uh, going, sorry.
0: No no worries, no worries. But uh, then r- one month after they released or one month before they released Mass Effect they were purchased by Electronic Arts for $860 million. Is and then, that doesn't
3: seem like a lot. Is that in modern day money?
0: Uh, It is from 2017. The article I was reading was from 2017 so I'm assuming it's $860 million. Of the time, okay. So, uh, 2007. Yeah. Well, money. I'm not. We're sure.
3: splitting hairs here, sure. but an article that I have in front of me says it will cost EA about 775 million.
0: Okay, so maybe. But well, whatever, that's... it doesn't matter. The point is, mm. it's a lot of money. Yeah, they they did pay a lot of money for Bioware specifically, uh, and then they released Mass Effect 2 in January 26, 2010, and then from there, two years later, only two years later, they re- they released Mass Effect 3 in March 6. 2012, and this is where I want to do the first pin. I want to ask everyone, what is your general knowledge and experience with the Mass Effect franchise?
1: Sorry, just to so on Cozy's number, the 775 million in 2007 well, you, adjusts today roughly to 960 million dollars. So just short of a bit You cut out
3: a little bit there.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So I was saying 775 million in 2007 adjusts to roughly 964 million today.
0: So I'm gonna start with uh, the people who I know the answer to pretty pretty well. Uh, Mitch and I'll start with Mitch. What is your what is your knowledge and experience with Mass Effect?
1: Sure. So I was I was a PlayStation guy, so I didn't get to experience the original Mass Effect when it released. Towards the end of the life of the PS3, they released the Mass Effect trilogy. So I went, I picked it up, and I started playing my way through the first one. And stopped after about 90 minutes.
0: All right.
4: That is my history with the series. All
0: right, then. Uh, Nathan. Uh,
4: so I never played one, and I picked number two up for 99 cents on sale at Radio Shack. You remember Radio Shack's? um actually it might have been the source at that point but i picked it up at the source when they were still selling video games i played for a few it hours
1: a, well the source still sells video games
4: yeah they used to do really cheap clearouts for like 99 cents a piece some of it was crap some of it was I really mi- good so i missed that stuff yeah i picked up a few things at the source so um i put a few hours into it um i remember uh the i'm not going to say her name right uh, but the she's black-haired in this game but she was a blonde in uh, chuck um, oh, Yvonne
1: Strahovski's character.
4: Yes, yeah, Yvonne Strahovski. I, I remember her very vividly, um, but something too. about the gameplay just didn't catch me. Uh, I, d- I don't know what it was, and I didn't continue playing playing it. Hmm. Um, I, I am aware of all the drama and listening to podcasts and everything for years. Uh, very familiar with like <clears throat> the controversies for with three and uh, Andromeda.
3: So.
0: All right. Uh, so cozy yeah what is your experience with
3: Mass Effect oh here we go so uh there used to be a time long long ago where a young Alexander Kazina only owned the Nintendo Wii and Nintendo consoles and then <laughs> in 2008 I got a secondhand PlayStation 2 and I'm like oh okay uh PlayStation has some interesting consoles and some interesting games and it was shortly after that that I decided all right you know what, I'm gonna go and get a PlayStation 3. It's still kind of expensive and there isn't a lot of stuff on it that I personally am attracted to, but I feel like I need to get in on it if I want to claim that I'm a man who appreciates everything the industry has to offer. Uh, And then a game called Mass Effect 2 came out on the Xbox 360. And I wasn't ready to get an Xbox 360 because I feel like that was a step too far for me at the time. But when I heard that it was coming out on the PlayStation 3 the following year, I was like, Alright, Mass Effect 2 is going to be the reason I get a PlayStation 3. Um, And it ended up not being the first game that I played on my PlayStation 3. That was God of War 3 because a copy of that game came included with my purchase of the console. But it was one of the first games that I played with the console. In fact, I believe I got it shortly after my birthday in February of 2011. And it is... Also, the first game that I ever platinumed and was one of the games that kind of led wow. me down the path to very much enjoying Platinums. And it still remains one of my favorite experiences on the console. I don't think that it is a perfect experience from top to bottom, but it is an incredibly memorable one. Uh, and after that, I went ahead and played Master 3 when it came out, enjoyed it quite a bit, not as much as 2. Uh, I did not go back and play Mass Effect 1 when it came out uh, on the PlayStation consoles just because uh, I think I was just kind of distracted by other things at the time it came out and I'd been deterred enough by some people's experiences online to not be super enth- enthusiastic about playing it and I picked up a cheap secondhand copy of Andromeda uh, a couple of years after it came out and it currently uh rests unopened on my shelf i I do legitimately want to give it a shot because i have heard that since its release they have drastically improved the experience and that it has some enjoyment uh to be gained from it but it's the kind of thing where it's like between you know doing a run of kingdom hearts 2 on my playstation 4 doing a run of final fantasy 7 remake Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order cleanup, like between all these amazing choices and Mass Effect Andromeda, I'm going to go with one of these other amazing choices first.
1: I mean, what was nice, one thing they did do that was nice for the PlayStation release of Mass Effect 2 is they released that prequel comic slash video, the interactive, get you caught up on the story of the first game. So I did think at the time of just skipping the first one and starting with the second one, and I probably should have done that.
0: It's a very valid way to do it, because it allows you to go through and choose all of the major choices of the first game. Uh, then it will generate a save slot for you to be able to then import into Mass Effect 2, which is actually a really great way of going about it.
4: Honestly. Alex, is there a way for me to play these on um, current gen if I wanted to play them?
0: Uh, unless you have an Xbox One, PC. then no. Oh, it is back right i was gonna it's, say it's PC. On pc it's on pc or it's available xbox one backwards compatibility but it's, mm. there's no way on playstation i don't even think it's on ps now which is like i don't know why you'd want to do that but there is really no way to play the original trilogy now that's accessible
1: honestly part of the reason of me wanting to build a pc at one point this year is to catch up on some of those games that i did miss so things like kotor i've never played mass effect um those are really the two that come to mind. Minesweeper? but there's a bunch of stuff. Oh, I love me some Solitaire. Minesweepers. Some Solitaire. Oh, yeah. I got them Solitaire achievements in Windows Windows 10. Ooh. Wait for Turbo it. TurboTax. Minecraft. Have you heard of it? I've never played Minecraft. Oh. You, you should try it. Okay, you back
0: to Massive. Back to back to Mass Effect. Yes. AJ, what is your experience with mass effect as i know why do you guys you think are... i should
1: play minecraft isn't it kind of dated at this
0: point like minecraft's a great game but we're not talking about <laughs> minecraft AJ, what is your experience of Mass you Effect? you can
2: skin minecraft to look like mass effect um
1: i saw they had power ranger skins that's oh, yeah. cool
2: anyway um yeah, yeah so uh, mass effect for me um it's probably one of my favorite uh franchises um to date so far um, I skipped Andromeda, but um, Mass Effect 1... So you, I, never,
0: you never played Andromeda at no, all? No, not at all. Okay, so I'm the only one here who is actually... Yes. This is going to be a fun Hell conversation. Yeah. This is literally going to be a whole lot of me, so if you already can't stand my voice, now is the time <laughs> to leave.
1: Don't listen to him. Please stay. Yes. We need the viewers. Um.
0: No. Yeah, so I, I played for
2: like a few hours in the first Mass Effect, right? And I kind of put it down and I was just like, oh man, I don't know if I get it or not. And then I smartened up and was just like I I spent like 70 80 bucks on this I need to sit down and I need to play this this was 2007 I was in grade 11 at the time um so I I decided to you know it'd been a couple months uh start fresh do it again and I got hooked completely hooked on it um I am paragon all the way um I cannot play it another way it is non-canonical other otherwise um i I will, and I know I mentioned this on a previous podcast, I will play through Mass Effect 1 just to have the continuous through line so I can replay Mass Effect 2. Um, I haven't done that for, for years at this point. Um, probably not since 3 came out. I played, so when 3 came out, um, March 6th, that was the day before my birthday, I... Um, and i got it but there was so much controversy around it i p- i put it down and i was just like no i need to hold off on this and come at this with with less bias and a clearer head and stuff like that and about a year later uh after that i finally picked it up in 2013 and played through it and you know i thoroughly enjoyed it it's not without its problems obviously but um yeah that that is my experience with Mass Effect.
0: So, I just wanted to ask really yeah. quickly. You say you picked up Mass Effect 3 a couple of years after, or a year after I, it came out. By the time that you picked it up, all of the DLC for 3 yes. would have been out. Did you play I the I
2: had the, the, the complete Mass Effect 3 experience. I played it with all okay, the DLC. Good. On my okay, first good, playthrough.
0: Really? That's... Man, I wish oh, I could have had yeah. your experience. Because because mass effect 3 hinges on its dlc the citadel dlc for mass effect 3 is one of the best pieces uh, one of the best companion pieces i've ever experienced with a game it took all of the problems that people had with the ending of mass effect 3 and with some of the like conc- like the lack of um conclusion with like characters and it didn't it like added this extra little chapter before the final mission of the game that just made everything come together and make and make it feel like Mass Effect again and made it feel great and i love that dlc so much and i could i could spend all this time just talking about why it's almost perfect i'm not going to but it's really great and if you have the opportunity to play through Mass Effect 3 playing all of the dlc is i think the way to do it yeah it's probably the you- definitive way to play it
1: What do you think got them in a position where they released the game without what you feel like is a definitive ending? Do you think it was just rush, money, timelines? So
0: I I actually do have some some notes about that. Hold on. Can can I
3: just say something very quickly before we talk about some of the Mass Effect 3 problems? I just want to say, on the subject of of Mass Effect and DLC, I had a bit of a uh, funny-slash-annoying experience with Mass Effect 2 where... If you recall, the PlayStation Three version of that game came preloaded with all the DLC on it, uh, because all that stuff had previously mm-hmm. released on the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty over the prior year. And I remember early on in the game attempting a bunch of the DLC missions because I didn't realize, oh, this is DLC that you should technic- that you should be attempting after you've beaten the main campaign. And I remember being like, wow, these missions are really great. They're really cinematic. And then going back to the actual normal main missions in the game and being like, oh, the rest of this game by comparison is not that exciting. Not realizing, oh yeah, of course it's not that exciting because it's not the DLC. I,
2: I had such a, a seamless experience that I, I just had all the DLC. I didn't know specifically what was the DLC and what wasn't. So it kind of mixed and flowed together in such a way that just sort of it balanced out almost
0: with mass effect 3 especially they were really egregious with how they did their dlc because this was mass effect 3 was one of those games that had day one dlc that was locked on the disc Mm -hmm. it was and it was a really Mm -hmm. for mass effect 3 especially was really important to the story of the game it introduced a character that is kind of vital to understanding what the actual threat of the the whole series has been up until you're about javik and like under yeah javik yeah like they uh, they locked a character behind a ten dollar paywall unless you got the collector's edition It is of the, the from game. ashes dlc
5: right
3: Yikes. so let, let's slide that into talking the, about the mass effect 3 problems
1: i i just have one i can i say one thing about yeah. the whole locking content behind a paywall this was at a time where every major publisher was locking online content behind online passes and things like that. So season passes. To lock so. on Well, no, this is even before the season passing. This is the yeah. time where you had to pay ten dollars to access multiplayer if you bought the game used and things mm-hmm. like that. So to lock DLC behind or to lock Vital Story DLC behind a wall like that was a bad it, it was a bad it was a bad look. Yeah, I think this is when, but Cap- it was m- way more common at that point from all the big publishers, not just limited to EA.
4: Capcom mm-hmm. releases releasing Marvel vs. Capcom three with characters locked on the disc that were ready to go. Uh, Jill Valentine and Ash- green alien thing. I don't remember eight legged thing. That's Sima not- Yes, that sounds right. It's yeah. a Doctor Strange I don't Strange know how to villain, pronounce.
1: It.
3: Basically, yeah.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So very quickly before we get into Mass Effect three. Because I think that'll that'll be really important to why Mass Effect Andromeda turned out the way that it was. I really want to get to sort of just very quickly my experience with Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to start this off by just saying I have Origin open up right now. (gasps) Mass Effect 1, I have 13 hours in. Mass Effect 2, I have 113. (laughs) And Mass Mass Effect 3, I have 141. Wow. So you can kind of tell that...
1: There's the reason I didn't play those
0: games. No, th- that's too this much time is, to play This is games. from, this is from yeah, multiple playthroughs. That's multiple playthroughs. I played. I played. Ma- that's like that's at least three playthroughs doing everything. If you can play through Final Mass
2: Fantasy VII, and... you can play through Mass Effect.
0: So one of the biggest. I things, can also so just keep
1: eating this pizza while
0: also, i to guys
1: talk about Mass Effect.
0: Also, I played the games originally on the Xbox 360, so I started with Mass Effect 2 because my brother got Mass Effect 2, um, like when it came out, and I had, I tried playing it, and I was a dumb, dumb child and with RPGs I was like I'm just going to press all the buttons and not really like actually read what like class I was going to play and I didn't and I didn't know what I was doing and I was having a real hard time with it and he's like okay restart the game and he told me to pick a soldier and then I played through the game and I fell in love with it Mass Effect was one of those games that really just the character interaction with it especially in Mass Effect 2 where it was way more personal i feel because of the just structure of the story it was really vital to i think why i love story in games because it is so very tied together uh then i played i played mass effect 3 as soon as it came out and i beat it within like three or four days of it coming out and i didn't really have a problem with the ending um i didn't i didn't really i wasn't really aware of the controversy of it until way after And then I was like, oh, that's I mean, yeah, I guess I can see problems with it, but it didn't really bother me as much as I guess a lot of other people who had high expectations. Remind me
1: how old you were again.
0: Uh it would have been thirteen when Mass Effect three came
1: out. That is too young to play those games. Those are rated M for mature (laughs) seventeen up. I mean You are not yeah, you are a dirty, filthy prepubescent. Who did did you romance?
0: Oh, um, well, that okay. So when I first played, you the should game, not have
1: been romancing at thirteen. Goddamn You were a child. <laughs> when, I, when
0: so yeah, all of the characters in Mass Effect are pedophiles. Um, yeah, apparently.
1: Yeah. At least when you're playing the game, yeah, that's how that
0: works. Um. So when, so when the first game came out, or when I played the game the first time, I did uh Tally, because I played as uh. I like leadership. I like your choice of words. But did, but I I romance I romanced Tally in both Mass Effect two and three. Um, but then when I've played through it every time on PC, you know how you say you play Paragon every single yeah. time It's non-canonical. Every, when I play, when every time I replay through Mass Effect uh, on PC, I have to play as Femshep and I have to romance Garrus because <laughs> Garrus is the greatest character of, of mm-hmm. all time, and he's more than just a like the broiest bro. But he's he's like, the blue guy, right? Uh, he's The blue alien who you posted the gif of dancing. Yeah. Or he's got blue armor. Yeah. He's not. That is
1: a character good. that I recognize. He's a Turian.
0: He is. Yeah. He's amazing. He is I'm aware of Those
1: him. are words. He's he
0: He's is he's Archangel, and he's is, he is also Shepard's best friend. <laughs> he needs friend, his own spin off game of
2: Garrus's detective agency, is what it needs. You he's You're always me you fucked your best friend? I mean,
0: didn't you? Fell in love with. Uh, this, yeah. Fair point. You're welcome. <sighs> <laughs> okay, moving on. So we're get, we can we can move on to we can move on to the troublesome of Mass Effect three. So when after Mass Effect two came out in two thousand ten, it was only two years of yeah. development between Mass I've, Effect two and Mass so Effect three. So I'm
2: just gonna go off my own speculation, and I still hold firm and true to this. That is the reason why Mass Effect three had so much controversy. Uh, I think EA got too greedy with it and decided that hey, you know what? No, we need to make money this year, not next year, and do
1: it now. No, wait. It was was it two was it two years between release?
0: Between yeah, from two 2010, and thousand ten. Yeah, two thousand ten is when Mass Effect two came out, and then two thousand twelve is when Mass Effect three yeah. came out.
1: So I mean, they was, didn't wait until two came out to start development to the game or uh, Bioware. Has multiple teams at the yes. studio, so but presumably it was, was it another was Ed, team that
0: it was Edmonton, though, who so, developed Mass Effect. They, had, they, they were, were still they working had...
4: on Dragon Age, the other teams. Yeah,
0: yeah, the other teams were working on Dragon Age and Star Wars. The Old my Republic. friend
2: was there working on Dragon Age at the time, and he had some access to Mass Effect Three as it was uh, getting developed and stuff like that. Now, I haven't spoken to him personally. Uh, about you know wh- how, what he feels went wrong necessarily but in his opinion the the issues with the game are not the ending like everybody was all up in arms about
4: yeah i remember this very vividly as much as i didn't play the game um back in the day when i was listening to podcast beyond with greg and colin this was brought up weekly for a long time um, as the updates continued to come out oh they've patched the ending oh there's new endings and they continually talked about this a lot um, but EA learned their lessons and we got a better one right
0: well not exactly so there was a lot of pushback from the audience with, um, with Mass Effect 3 and the ending there was petitions raised they, there was a petition that actually raised $500,000 to change the ending wasn't of there Mass cupcakes 3. as well I yes was gonna say. I was going to get to that I was yeah, gonna get to that. They that's sent my favorite 400. One. They sent 402, which is the amount of endings that Bioware said that there was in the game. I mean, like semantically, oh. they sent 402 cupcakes of various colors—red, green, and blue—which is re- it relates to the ending of the game because, uh, and. They said, Are we
1: getting into full spoilers with this?
0: I'll try to keep it vague because I think okay. I think there's still gonna be a chance that Mass Effect maybe one day can come as an HD remaster. So I don't want to spoil anything, but they sent four hundred and two <clears throat> different colored cupcakes that all taste the same to Bioware. <laughs> yeah.
1: I love that. I love that so much.
2: Yeah. I, I'm not I'm I'm not going to spoil the ending, but I what I'm going to describe is like the scenario around the ending. Mass Effect is a game about choice. You go on an adventure and you get to have this branching path and you get to create your own story. Um, now a lot of you know like any any game story like yeah you're they're They want to tell this one story and have you take your own branching path on how you get there. So it's kind of like a diamond shape, if you were to picture it. You all start at the same Mm -hmm. place. You branch out your own way, and then you come back in uh, to the final ending, which is kind of the same for everybody. Um, The way it ended, Mass Effect, I say this again, Mass Effect is a Mm. a game about choice. You pretty well literally had, originally, three options, and that just... Was basically pick your ending cutscene. That was pick it. your
0: ending color. It, Do you want red, yeah, blue, or green? You,
2: right, and I think I think with one of the DLCs they added the fourth option, which is just to pick no option as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And they also the with the DLC that they ended or that they added to um, kind of clarify the ending more. It was a lot of just explaining the significance of what each choice would mean and why yeah. the choices were the way that they were. And they added more dialogue to just kind of like smooth it out. And I appreciate that that they more or less stuck to their vision of the ending is still the way that it was when it came out. They just kind of made it smoother, I guess, because they it added did...
1: exposition to it. Yeah. Essentially.
0: Yeah. Um, which I appreciate that they didn't just completely flat out change the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also the fact that the ending was as sort of grandiose as it was that no matter what your shepherd picked, it's going to affect the universe, not just for a hundred years, not just for a thousand, it's going to affect the universe indefinitely. And there's no way that a sequel for the game could reference shepherd again. Because, they couldn't. They because the ending was open ended. Of like, yeah. we wanted it to be about now, choice. We couldn't mm-hmm. have the sequel be. We couldn't let the sequel have any reference to Shepard and what he there, actually chose or what they. Yeah, chose.
2: there is a rumor, um, and it still go. It still goes around periodically, that there is one canonical ending, and it's because of one of the ways the scene. Uh, one of the endings is animated. Um, specifically, and I'm not going oh, yes. to go into spoilers on yeah. that. That kind of gives a clue as to how the universe ends up with this particular ending. Um, and they they just um, they <laughs> they they decided to leave it open ended for everybody else to choose, and then they went on to make Andromeda.
3: I mean, <laughs> if I can just go on a very quick tangent here, I will say, you know, for as much. Frustration as the ending of this game caused. It is kind of impressive how much uh, like conspiracy theorizing and yeah, just like speculation and rumor mongering it caused at the same time. All the same, I feel like most video game endings are pretty clear and cut and dry. And yeah, again, even though it did cause a lot of people a lot of ire, I I I still think it's kind of rare that you see a video game series cause like. Feature length documentaries of people trying to dissect its ending in the way that they did with this game, and yeah, it's just too bad that a lot of that was mixed with anger.
1: All I mean, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say, did you guys read Jason Schreier's first book that he released? No,
0: oh, uh, no, I did not.
1: I would one, I would highly recommend it. He has a great chapter in there on how Dragon Age Inquisition. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, you got
3: I, out. I, I don't know what book you're talking about and who wrote it. Or uh, I'll go. I'll Is go. will go grab. It. Book, oh, right? blood yeah, sweat. Yeah, the and Jason pixels. Shire book. Yeah, blood sweat
1: and pixels. Yeah, yeah, I've read that. It has a great chapter on Dragon Age, and I'm really hope. So he's writing the sequel now. If there's anything in there about how Mass Effect came to be, I'm going to be very very interested in the stories that come out of Bioware around either Three or yeah. um, Anthem.
3: Andromeda. Or Andromeda yeah i read through passages of that book pretty often because what i do for gamers the youtube channel requires me to look into that kind of stuff unfortunately there isn't as much stuff on the mass Effect series and book as you would hope uh but that book is still is required uh reading i guess yeah no no i was saying i'm hoping for that so
1: the sequel is going to be coming out in 2021 he spoke about that this week uh with kind of funny's greg miller and I'm really hoping there's some stuff in there on Mass Effect because it would be very interesting to get a, a bird's eye view on on why things happened the way they did for either 3 or Andromeda. Yeah. Or, yeah while
4: we're talking cool. about Jason Trier just quickly, congrats.
1: Absolutely, yeah. He's moving yeah. from uh, Kotaku over to Bloomberg News, and I think he's going to do some great work over there. And uh, long live Deadspin. Screw what they did to that
3: company. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about Bloomberg, I just want to mention that the flowers have yet to bloom here in Montreal, but I'm still looking forward to the day that they do bloom. You won't be able to go outside and see them. Yeah, that's true. Actually, (laughs) I can go outside at any moment I want. Uh, Speaking of which, I was walking outside today. Shouldn't. All right, let's get back to Mass Effect.
0: (laughs) So, I
3: wanted to hear about your walk.
0: So from Mass Effect 3, Mass Effect 3 had a lot of problems, but Bioware Edmonton, from 3 jumped to working on Dragon Age Inquisition. And one of the biggest they, things with that is they left the Mass Effect franchise to BioWare Montreal. Was it Montreal? You know, well, Austin. Yeah, so it was, Montreal. So, it was, Montreal. It was in Montreal. Yeah.
2: 3 and um, Inquisition were technically in development at the same time. Um, I'm guessing that team transitioned over to assist with. Um, I'd I need confirmation from my friend, but. Um, Again,
1: yeah, Jason Schreier covers a lot of that in his book around Dragon Age Inquisition, at least. Yeah, real interesting stuff.
3: And, and I mean to be clear, like while the rings were handed over to Bioware Montreal, Bioware Montreal was not solely responsible for Mass Effect Andromeda. It was yeah, in I'll, the end, a collaborative yeah. effort.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that, but they were like the head studio on it. Um, one of the things their um, their history was they were a sports studio for Edmonton. They had been working on, or at least when it comes to Mass Effect, that they um, only had done the they made the multiplayer for mm. Mass Effect Three, right. and they also did the Omega the DLC. The multiplayer,
2: not bad. The multiplayer actually, is actually pretty good pretty, cooperative. Pretty multiplayer. I was just say, do
4: people like the multiplayer? Because mm. I remember that was the time when multiplayer modes were being tacked onto everything to try and expand it, like, expand games. And I just can't remember how that one was received. Remember the, For,
1: la- remember the last of us having People really liked that, that one. That was a thing.
4: If I remember correctly.
1: Yeah. I'm glad the yeah. sequel's not gonna have it. It doesn't need it.
0: Well, it's, it's not that it's not gonna have it. It's just not gonna have it. It's gonna be a separate
4: game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, um... Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to the Mass Effect multiplayer, I remember really enjoying it. I thought it was a very fun PVE, and for a shoehorned in multiplayer mode, it was actually pretty well implemented into the story yeah. as well. Because like you, like not not like crucial that you need to play the multiplayer for the st- for the game to to work or anything, but like it, you know, it was a nice little tie in to what? to continue playing the fun combat. The Mass Effect Three actually has a really great. <clears throat> It's a really good third-person shooter. Mm-hmm. I will admit that. Like, mm. it's it's a very fun game, especially playing it on mouse and keyboard. It unlocks a new level of speed and precision that you just didn't get before with the controller. That I really, if you have the opportunity, it's really worth doing. So go ahead, AJ. I'm kind of uh, no, no. I was just. Uh, I
2: th- there's another. Um, there, I just. I swear, there's another game that has the the core concept of the game is very similar to mass effects multiplayer and i can't remember what it's called and i i'm having a hard time picturing it but i'm like i'm racking my brain trying to think about it and i can't at the moment
0: so i guess i'll I'll continue so we're going to start getting into the development cycle of andromeda um, and one of the one of the biggest things about Andromeda was this was new blood to the mass effect franchise and that was uh, at the time back in 2012, 2013, that was a real optimistic thing that people had because, they, people had spent the last two years losing their mind about Mass Effect 3 and thinking, oh, Bioware is finished now. Bioware, Edmonton, they, they fucked up. They, they ruined the franchise. And so having new blood that spent the last ten years just enjoying the games and not spending the time making them might be like a fresh new set of eyes that we really needed at that point. And so prototyping started in 2013 for Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, there were a lot of prototypes for the game, including, uh, flying spaceships and, uh, procedurally generated worlds that were going to have like elements that were going to be in, it was going to be very much in line with like no man's sky was kind of like their thinking, obviously yeah, no cause man's that sky worked
1: out real well for no man's sky.
0: Hey, this, at was, launch, this at was at the time. To- this was at the time when everyone thought that this was going to be a great idea. Like procedurally generated stuff was like exploding. Minecraft was huge mm. at the time. Um, which is a little game called Road right? Legacy. The... Yeah, so it's like this was this was things that everyone was like really getting excited about in the development studio for Andromeda. Uh, but one of the problems that both Edmonton was having with um, Edmonton was having with uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, as well as Montreal was having with Andromeda, was the fact that they were forced yeah. by EA to use Frostbite mm-hmm. Three, which is the You which mean is a first-person shooter
1: engine didn't work well for third-person RPGs? Who would have thought?
0: Yeah, so it was the <laughs> engine developed by Dice for Battlefield. It's a very beautiful having... engine. Yes, and it is. Designed...
4: Can I talk about an issue with that engine? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go go ahead, uh, Cozy.
0: No, Nathan, you you've been talking the least. Yeah, I, I, I'll get. Okay. I'll see the floor to um, you for so just
4: So I'm a big fan of golf games. And I used to play um, Tiger Woods (laughs) annually. And then when the PS4 version came out, Tiger Woods dropped the name, but they made it in Frostbite. And it was one of the worst golf games I've ever played. And they somehow managed. I
1: was going to say, they didn't drop Tiger Tiger Woods from the name. They just dropped him entirely because of the whole domestic abuse. They had cheating scandal or whatever it was at the time.
4: Well, the funny part was they actually kept him on for a long time after that for an extra game it wasn't right away they dropped they them actually? yeah uh they uh, they came to the end Jesus. of the agreement and then decided to to cut their ties so that's strange yeah
1: they just didn't want to pay yeah any, i guess because ea is cheap we all know that. So, but
4: they made roy McElroy's uh, pga tour which i platinumed as well platinum like <laughs> four of the pga tour games uh <laughs> you really like golf games i do really like golf games um <laughs> But it, it, like it lacks a competent character creator, and they made it in Frostbite, and it's just terrible. So I can't imagine how turning... If you want to talk about turning a yeah. first-person shooter engine into a third-person, try it into a golf game. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, read, reading, again, back to Jason Schreier's Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, reading <laughs> yeah. that
1: chapter on Dragon Age Inquisition and what they had to do with Frostbite to make that game work is
3: just... Mm-hmm. kudos to them for making it work but they shouldn't have had to do it in the first place it sounded like a nightmare mm-hmm. well so that's what i want to contribute to this discussion like hindsight is twenty twenty on this nowadays we all look back on this and are mm-hmm. all pretty much in agreement that it was a terrible decision for them to go with the frostbite engine with dragon age and mass effect but at the time when the decision was made yeah, it seemed that. like a very good idea on both sides And, like, that's like thing number one. This was not something where, like, EA pressured Bioware to take this on. Both Bioware and EA mutually agreed on it as a good idea. And it was like, hey, you know, this uh, engine is looking to be very promising. It renders games beautifully. Um, If we ever decide to do any online stuff with it in the future, it's way more versatile than. Uh, what we could previously do in the past. And like, as an example, with Dragon Age, they were able to implement that multiplayer mode with relatively ease uh, compared to what they would have been capable to do with the uh, engine that they previously used on Dragon Age 1 and 2. It was only when they really started you know, putting the engine into motion on the game and all the issues with it started cropping up and the, you know, lag and time between communicating with themselves and DICE in Stockholm, Sweden, that it became apparent that the engine was a real burden.
0: Yeah, like some of those burdens uh, included, like the first, the good amount of time uh, was spent having to do things like adding manual slaves, save slots. Slaves. And AI, <laughs> yes, you know, <laughs> having trouble, man. Um, but yeah, so manual save slots, uh, adding uh, AI companions, which, you know, with a BioR game is probably pretty important, mm-hmm. and the ability to be able to see your own character. Like, that's that engine is just not made for third-person games.
1: It is made for seeing your hands and occasionally your feet. Yeah.
0: That is and it. And so they were having a lot of problems with, with Frostbite. And the thing is, they keep... The, the thing I would say about that, though, yeah. that point is they keep... Doing it though, they did it with Dragon Age, they did it with Mass Effect, and then they did it with Anthem as well. So it's not like they've learned their lesson. Mm.
1: They did learn from it for uh, Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order. But that was right. not respawn made has in, yeah.
0: respawn has never used Frostbite though. Titanfall and Titan- Titanfall and Titanfall Two are actually made on the Source Engine, and then uh, Fallen heavily, Order was heavily
2: gutted Source Engine. But yeah, the origins mm-hmm. are the true, the yeah. foundation is the Source Engine.
0: But,
1: I mean, it just goes to show you,
0: like, trying to
1: use tools made for one thing to do another typically doesn't work in any software development, not just game development. You really need to either cater the tools to what you can do or work with something that already has the mechanisms that you need. Just because you have an internal support team Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. can with the tools doesn't mean you can make lemons out of them. They they have the the internal
2: support team, and then they... uh they decided they didn't want to pay a licensing fee to somebody like yeah. Epic for Unreal or anything like that. So it was... Exactly, mm-hmm. uh, The
3: yeah. one final piece in this puzzle, though, that does need to be pointed out is that, uh, although, again, we look back on it disdainfully today, the fact of the matter is that uh, the... Uh, Frostbite Engine serviced uh, the company really well with Dragon Age Inquisition. Nowadays, people kind of look back on that game and are kind of iffy on it, but uh, Dragon Age Inquisition at the time was really successful and effectively proved, quote-unquote, that the Frostbite Engine could work, and people you know kind of wondered nowadays at the company like if that game had failed would we still have used the frostbite engine after the fact would we have used it on mass effect andromeda i, and so I mean on?
1: it can it can work if you make your employees work 120 hour work weeks for like six months straight sure anything will work at that point but you're going to cause burnout and people are going to leave and people are just going to have mm-hmm. a sour taste in them out they're not going to want to keep working on this product or with this company so it's you really have to figure out a way to balance that.
0: Well, just one of the biggest things. I mean, that, I mean, I can relate that back. Uh, one of the biggest things was people were leaving Bioware Montreal continuously. Like there was the game director who originally the the game director of the game originally who worked at uh, BioNux. He worked on the last game before that was Spider Man: Edge of Time. He he left and not a not a great he game. left. Is and, that Casey Hudson? He, well, I mean. No, no. Uh, Casey Hudson did leave, though, uh, very shortly after. But that was in Edmonton, so there was problems over there. Uh, But then Mac Walters, who was one of the original writers for Mass Effect 3, and I believe he wrote two as well, he came in as the game director to basically turn the ship around. Because they had spent two years of development, and they had no levels, no story to show for it. It was just prototypes of different mechanics that they had. The combat system and the nomad were the only parts of the game that were really working. And so, what's the nomad? The nomad is the is the, ship? It's the truck. It's the car that you could drive in the game. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: which I didn't know it had vehicles. That's Mass Effect One, I Mass guess. Effect
0: One, and Mass Effect Andromeda have like open world exploration. Bring back the Mako. Can, um, yeah, I, the nomad's actually not that bad of yeah. a uh, vehicle to drive. There's just not that much that you can go explore with. Side story Mako. for those playing Final Fantasy
1: Seven: Is it Mako or Mako?
0: Mako. Listen to how Barrett says it. He,
1: cozy are you mako or mako Uh, mako see i was mako too and hearing him say mako
0: is just off-putting continue okay um yeah so mass effect andromeda had a whole lot of problems um had a whole lot of problems and they did delay the game though and ea offered to delay it even further but bioware montreal was like we can release it Uh, they got a whole bunch of support from Austin and from, uh, Edmonton to help finish the game. And then they finally did release it in, uh, March 21st of 2017 to a critical (laughs) bomb, uh, and it was kind of a mess. And as the only one who played it, I had a whole lot of the problems that, uh, everyone was experiencing at launch. The animation bugs were insanely bad. Especially when a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, which implemented a lot of the same features that um, implemented uh, the same features that Mass Effect Andromeda did with like automated animation systems, Horizon Zero Dawn was like f- it was almost flawless compared to Mass Effect Andromeda, and I think that was a very interesting having those two games released so close to each other, being very similar in style and mechanics. Um, I thought was a very interesting, just to see how bad Andromeda actually was, and so I think, so I've kind of gone on and on and on about the troubled history. We, yeah, of we've it, all kind of there's there's vented a little, a little bit about our feelings about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, there's, there's a whole lot. I did a lot of, I did a lot of research the last like th- two days of trying to figure out like all of the different points at where this was starting to break and. It, it's
1: funny though. I I look at Metacritic and I look at Open Critic and it's sitting there with a with a seventy one or a seventy two, depending on the platform you're on. Yeah, but it wasn't so there the ninety. Some positive reviews about this game, so like, it doesn't. I mean, I saw the me, I saw the, I saw the memes when it came out of you know yeah. animations being broken and things just not working. And at that point, yeah, the game's a
4: dumpster fire. But like, is it as bad as people? It make wasn't it out part to be? of the problem, though. It was it was about expectations. It's not that it's a bad game. It's that people wanted a 90 plus. Yes. Like they wanted a 9, a 10 out of 10. Like they wanted a masterpiece and they didn't get a masterpiece.
0: Yeah. They wanted another right. Mass Effect game and they, they did not get that. And they got like the game itself is not inherently bad. I spent, I still have Origin Open. I have right now 35 hours in Mass Effect Andromeda. I never finished it, but I played it a lot and the combat's fun like it's it is a fun third person shooter like there's a lot of verticality with it you have a lot of abilities that allow you to like but i think my biggest problem with the game was the lack of an interesting story and i brought that up on um, when we did the 5 by 5 of the best remasters of they had this really interesting idea of bringing having the four main species of the game go to the andromeda galaxy get away from the reapers get away from the milky way and create and, like, let it be the space exploration that Mass Effect kind of originally promised, but didn't didn't deliver because the expectations and the focus changed for the first Mass Effect, and they tried to go back to that original idea of of what Mass Effect was supposed to be, and I just don't think that they did it all that successfully in the story aspect of it. Like, I think Ryder's not a very interesting character, you don't really have that very many interesting companions, and so there was just a whole lot of problems not just with the game itself but with the writing of the game and i think that kind of showed with the the sort of rush nature of the story not really being there and had to be constructed around what they had of prototypes and development they they had to just kind of build a story yeah. around what they had to be able to finally release lot, the game yeah.
3: you, go ahead you said that you didn't think Don't everyone talk at once. Sorry, Uh, but you said that you didn't think that the story was all that great. Did you think that the characters were great as well, or do you think that they were not that great as well and were symptomatic of the game's larger issues?
0: I think there was some, like I can remember one companion from the game Hmm. And it's the the Asari. I think her name was Phoebe. She had like she had like black yeah. like eye around her eyes, and she wore purple. She's the only companion who I can actually remember the name
3: of. I, I don't even. And like I think I said, that's really uh, telling. I didn't play Andromeda, and that's the only character that I know from any of the promotional materials whose face like sticks in my mind. Yeah. Like, so the only reason that I remember what that character looks mm, like is yeah. because of all the broken gifts
1: that went around of that character post launch. Yeah.
0: yeah, like I think one of the biggest things, like I can remember so many characters from the original trilogy and i haven't played i haven't played the i haven't replayed the games in a couple of years and i could remember characters from all the games and not just like your main companions your main squad like i can remember a lot of different characters and i think that was one of the biggest things was there was just no nothing was memorable about the game and i think that was one of the biggest story issues and so i will kind of want to veer the conversation a little bit to Now that we've kind of seen how Mass Effect got to where it is now, and it's kind of a dormant franchise. We don't know any developments about Mass Effect. We're kind of getting hearings from Bioware that they're doing another Dragon Age, and Anthem is whatever state Anthem is in right now. And so there's no real question about what is going to be next for Mass Effect. And so I wanted to ask the question, because this is Video Game Rehab. This isn't just us talking about the franchise itself. What would people want to see to be able to potentially reinvigorate the Mass Effect franchise?
1: So I've got one from Twitter that I very much agree with. So Holden Depardo wrote into us at Twitter, just like you can at twitter.com pressyyz, saying a remastered trilogy available for the Switch yeah. would be nice. I'd argue make it available anywhere. That'd yes. be great. Uh, at very least, make the combat system the same across all three yeah. games. So, would you want to see that them mess be... with the mechanics or just remaster it where be... it lives up to modern visuals and is playable wherever you want to play it?
0: That would be interesting because I feel like 2 and 3 are fine. I feel like you can play 2 and 3 and you won't have any problems. It would just be one that they would have to mess around with. and I Basically, don't...
1: just remake it.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if that would be worth doing. So, one of... So one of the biggest things I just want to say about the remaster thing is I mean obviously I absolutely agree I think it should be available on the Switch the fact that it's not most like games from that generation from this seventh generation should is it the seventh or the sixth for the <laughs> it <reasons>. doesn't matter <laughs> whatever um those games are like made for the Switch they should be available um but and EA is sitting on a gold mine of franchises between Dead Space Mass Effect Skate like they need to release Skate for. those games
1: the only Again. Mass Effect game available on a Nintendo system was Mass Effect 3 for the yeah. Wii U. <laughs> like it Remember that?
0: Like, it wouldn't even cost... Like, if they did, like, just a bare minimum remake, or not even... Like, if they just did a bare minimum remaster and just put them available on these systems, they would yeah. sell a lot of money.
1: Just look at they what EA is doing money. with Episode 1 Pod Racer releasing it on modern consoles. They're not making it look that much better. They're making it HD. That's about it. And they're releasing it for the Switch, the PS4, uh, over the next couple of weeks. Just do the
3: same thing with Mass Effect. Give it a fresh coat of gloss and just mm. throw it out. Yeah. See what people think. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It, and it is. You, you know, I can understand the logic of, hey, we want to release uh, this remaster of this uh, game in anticipation of a new game in this series coming out soon. We want both releases to synergize with one another and one another and feed into each other. I, I do think that Mass Effect is one of these series where you can release it whenever, and there doesn't need to be have a new Mass Effect. Uh, Title coming out for some of the older releases to do well Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's frustrating because like at this point it has been so many years i feel like we're probably only getting to get a remaster of the original trilogy when uh the next mass effect title is ready to go but i just i feel like it is genuinely one of those cases where it's just money sitting on the table I mean, if they take the Activision approach of, hey, we're sitting on Spyro,
1: we're sitting on Crash, let's just remaster those games, put them out, they'll sell, and then we can figure out what we want to do next with the franchise. Yeah. I think that's enough for Mass Effect right now. There's- uh, in terms of a potential sequel... You just it had like nathan and i didn't play these games because the mechanics didn't yeah. grab us it needs to be something that feels modern plays modern yeah look at something like final fantasy 7 remake <clears throat> as an example a template to build from i would focus say... on the story give us the mechanics that feel good yeah. in combat s- you can stick with your character choices because mm-hmm. that's bioware blood yeah. at this point and I put would out something s- i honestly
0: would say a bigger a better example of like a game that they should be looking towards is the yes. witcher 3 like I think The Witcher Three is a kind of prime example of what an RPG can be, um, and I think one of the biggest things that I think the reason why they haven't released the Mass Effect trilogy on modern consoles is because of it would just kind of this this might be just me this might be just me uh, projecting a little bit, but I think it's just because that if they did release the Mass Effect trilogy, it would show just how bad Andromeda was because so, it really and yeah. like they don't want to. They don't want to just like. They don't want to just push down one of their products that they're currently selling. Here's something. my
2: rehabilitation suggestion, real quick. Uh, do do the whole remake remaster thing. Give Mass Effect One the updated controls, the updated uh, graphics, and everything um, that the previous that the next iterations had. Get to Mass Effect Three, and don't don't choose an ending but make a game that can start from any of the en- endings there there's there is a way to do it i don't it. know if that's i don't know crea- if you, possi- you could that would you would need to you would need to like, create a new like, protagonist be, right and yeah it would have to yeah. but there there could the next the next generation of consoles are going to be I powerful just, enough d- that they could handle that much writing
0: i, j- I just don't i, think it's I don't possible. Think that think that would be possible I don't think that would be possible to have a point where you can have an ending or you can choose a point where the ending of Mass Effect 3 is, where you can kind of project like wherever it was going to, just the way the Mass Effect 3, the implications that it had on the rest of the bigger universe, I don't think that there's a thing that you can do. Um, to really be like, this, it's... I don't think you can do a Blade Runner 2049 for Mass Effect, where it's like, you don't have to know exactly what the ending is or what all of this means. You can just kind of pick it up from here and the universe continues. What I think that they should potentially do, despite that, I mean, they have a good jumping off point. Do Andromeda again, but maybe do Andromeda 250 years from now, where they have been established and they have this... They have basically the universe again, and you can you can go from here and you can expand the world without having this ever looming doomsday threat that is going to have to reset the universe again like you can just kind of have you can have the mass effect universe without the idea of uh the reaper threat i think is what i I would want to see happen
1: I mean, unfortunately, at this point, all of this is real fun to talk about, but yeah. ultimately, EA and Bioware are going to choose what they do with this franchise, and what they may choose is nothing. We're just going to mm-hmm. have to wait and
0: see. So, yep, And we're going to have to wait until the next Dragon Age at least to maybe know what they're going to do with
3: Mass Effect. So, uh, I want to ask everybody here uh, questions about Mass Effect series' mechanics. First, I want to talk about the morality system. The Mass Effect trilogy kind of popularize the very kind of binary morality system where it's like do you want to make the very distinctly good-natured paragon choice or do you want to make the very distinctly bad-natured renegade choice and that received you know it has in the years since received a lot of criticism for again its binariness but i do want to know do you think that the next mass effect title should nonetheless go ahead and feature a system that is cut from the exact same cloth as that system, or you think it should feature something a little bit more modern? Because mm. I know that we're inclined to say it should feature something more modern, but in the era that we're currently living in right now, where there are very few games that feature that kind of binary sort of system, it could be viewed positively as, like, a cool throwback to an era that we don't really get anymore. They, they should absolutely
2: go um, and it, it kind of expands... It, it doesn't... Dilute it? I don't know. Not make it less binary. Give give it more gray, like more gray area, area decisions yeah, um, that aren't as obviously
0: blue or red. Paragon, renegade, good, evil, for sure. They did do something similar to that with Mass Effect Andromeda, where they didn't have. They just completely removed Paragon and renegade, and they just had like, do you want to be like compassionate or do you want to be like a little ruthless? Like they gave like different symbols for the different choices. Where I think bring back what I would say is I'd want them to bring back Paragon Renegade because I think that's so entwined with the Mass Effect identity. But... One of the biggest problems that I had with the original trilogy was once you kind of choose I'm going to play Paragon or I'm going to play Renegade, you have to stick with that. You can't yeah. really go any other direction because otherwise you're not going to have enough Paragon or Renegade points to be able to make critical decisions later on that are locked behind those, that you need to be like a certain level of Paragon or Renegade. So I would say make it so that you can be – you can you know, like like what AJ was saying, like you can be more gray. You can choose – you can you can be more purple you can choose if you want to if you want to be a little paragon or a little it, renegade depending on the context it, it's of the, the
4: situation. more like new vegas yeah, yeah. like the, new vegas is a, is Ta- a it, it's the
2: the take that, take rock paper scissors and add lizard and spock to it sort of thing
0: like add mm. more options that sick but, big bang hell was, yeah uh, i just had to i i had to google no. it we're a, we're a nerd we're a nerdy That's video us. game podcast
3: uh and on the subject of mechanics the other thing i wanted to discuss is the complexity of the series combat you know many longtime mass effect fans have been vocal about the fact that the first mass effect game is much more of a tactical role-playing game experience and then by the time that you get to mass effect 3 it's way more of a third-person shooter with some role-playing elements added in, do you feel like it should stay the course of the direction that Mass Effect 3 is going and remain more of a third-person shooter, or should we kind of regress things and make things more, uh, like I said, tactical uh, feature, like more in-depth mechanics and systems that you can level up and really customize your character on a very granular level?
0: I personally would want them to go in a way I I already referenced this game once, but I'd want them to do systems sort of similar to the Witcher three and how they, how they implemented um, like combat systems in that where it's like in the Witcher three, it's like you have to know which equipment you need to use depending on what enemy you're fighting. If it's a monster, you have to use your silver sword or you have to use your steel sword for humans. And I'd want them to have more nuance in like the actual, like I want them to have more role-playing mechanics in because yeah like in Mass Effect two and three they kind of got rid of a lot of those RPG mechanics uh, and it became less emphasized and I'd want them to bring it back but maybe still I think Mass Effect two and three are fun shooters but I think you can still have those RPG mechanics and have them still speaking go of hand controls
2: hand um, I played it the year I played Mass Effect three the year after it came out and I. 100% used the Kinect voice controls on it. So bring those back because those were good.
1: Do you think the Series X is going to have a Kinect? Like, no, but really? uh, the I X... I Cortana.
2: Uh, I don't know about Cortana necessarily. Uh, I wish she was there. I love her. Um, but the uh, I know Alexa and the uh, Google Assistants um, are compatible in, in some sort of beta right now with uh, Xbox One. So...
1: You just pissed off anyone
0: that listens to us that has an uh, Amazon Alexa.
2: There's at least two other people on this podcast who could accidentally trigger it just by saying their own name. So,
0: so is there any other mechanics you wanted to bring up about Mass Effect or do you think I think we've kind of we've gotten a pretty good sense of a lot of the problems with the series and what some fixes could potentially be? Um, are there any other mechanics you wanted to talk about, Cozy?
3: No, I, I think that's about it for now. I'm sure that like I could bring up a million different... Bring back the alien uh, sex. I, I'm sure that oh, we Oh, don't could, worry.
0: That's, incru- that's crucial to Mass Effect's identity. I,
3: I'm sure that we could go in a million different directions in terms of trying to speculate what the next game in the series could do, but I feel like those are the two main things that I wanted to hit on for the time being. I think those are the two most pertinent things uh, to discuss when we talk about how do you reboot mass effect in the year 2020 2021 etc so i'm just going to quickly throw my suggestion out because i don't have
4: like experience with the series but there's another series that i got into Mm -hmm. last year and i'd never played another one it was because uh assassin's creed odyssey so i don't know if there's a way to like not odyssey it but have some sort of big open world or something similar to that with the rpg elements Um, But really create a fresh starting point and make it seem like a fresh starting point for people, because
3: that's what Ozzy felt like. So can I ask you a question, Nathan? Are you like in your mind's eye, do you like the idea of a Mass Effect game that is set on like a single planet or location and is this vast open world that you can just travel to any place you want to get to on foot? Or are you more open to a Mass Effect game where it's spread across multiple planets and it is a large world, but only cumulatively when you add everything up? I kind of like the idea of the smaller focus
4: on the one planet, like to just to be honest, Hmm. and maybe start with one planet in like the first one and then open it up, like open it up as you get to further entries.
3: Like, I, I, I'm i not against that idea either, but it's like the Mass Effect series identity, I feel, is so heavily tied with going to planet to planet and it being this intergalactic adventure. Yeah. So maybe it could do something along
1: the lines of what Jedi Fallen Order did. Have really, like, have three or four really well fleshed out planets and a, a ship as a hub to get between them.
0: And that's right? kind of... Take
1: some cues from that game as well.
0: That's kind of what they... Attempted to do with Andromeda, but I feel like they could better implement the exploration, uh, hopefully.
1: Here, I have an idea. Take the series away from Bioware and give it to Respawn. It's worked with other
0: games. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to say, like, the three pillars of Mass Effect were conversation, combat, and exploration. And I think all three of those pillars need to be strong for a Mass Effect game to succeed. And I feel like that's what Mass Effect Andromeda was missing. And I can only hope because Mass Effect is Mass Effect is one of my favorite franchises. I it's up there with Halo. It's up there with Doom. I love it so much, and I just I want to see it be good again. And I really hope that it yeah. In order
2: to build those pillars, keep it in the oven for the three years and don't shrink it down to two years because you want to make more money.
4: No, no, give it five. Yes, give it five years. yeah, give
1: it give it more time in the oven, and it, it should be fine. Give it as much EA, time as it needs. EA needs to trust their developers to put out good stuff. They've done that with other games now since Andromeda came out, so hopefully they've learned their lesson. Yep. We'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah,
4: and with babies always come out better when they're delayed.
0: Yes, and with that, that is the end of Video Game Rehab for Mass Effect. I enjoyed my <laughs> conversation. I enjoyed the conversation we had with it. Um, uh, yes, I enjoyed listening to myself talk. And with that, we are wrapping up Press YYZ Episode Thirteen. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Next week? Oh, yes, you are right. Next, next week, week, next week, we are going to be bringing back 5x5, and the topic Woo. of 5x5 will be non-traditional Hell sports yeah. games with Nathan hosting, so please look forward oh, to I that. Oh, I can't wait for this. I'm very those, excited I've been hosting a 5 by 5
1: Send your own choices in on Twitter, twitter.com slash pressyyz. Email, pressyyz at gmail.com.
4: Yeah, if you want to keep them secret because I'm the one hosting and I might have some that I can put in for the secret round, uh, just send them to me.
0: And where so, can people find you?
4: Uh, at the underscore nmac on Twitter. Don't forget to follow me on ps4blog.net where I do reviews for, like I said just recently, CKO, Shooting Stars, Bravo.
0: And where can people find you, Mitch?
1: You can find me face or not <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, PSN, At Mr. Mitch George. Uh, You can also find me running the social channels
3: for the Kind of Funny Toronto fan group.
0: And. Cozy, where can people find you? Uh, you can
3: you? find me on Twitter, at Alex, uh, Alex Kazina. I am just about to hit 500 followers, and if you are my 500th Ooh. follower, I may do something very nice for you. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch.tv slash CozyBearLive, where I'm going to be streaming Star Wars Battlefront 2 single-player campaign and Final Fantasy VII Remake in just a few minutes. So please go and check that out if you like video games, Alexander Kazina, and Twitch all at once. And AJ. You can
2: find me all over the internet at times hero
0: capital T capital H. And I am on Twitter at Blatantly underscore Alex and on Instagram at Blatantly Alex, uh, YouTube now with Blatant Films, and uh, also keep uh, keep tuned with the twitch.tv slash pressYYZ account because I plan on doing my Doom Eternal with the Steam Controller stream very soon as well as i feel like i'm just going to keep playing halo on it and i think, maybe I, think other I, games may, as well.
1: I think i'm gonna jump in there too for my final fantasy 7 remake hard mode playthrough so check that out as well
0: yes Sweet. and with that that is the end of episode 13 of press yyz i hope you enjoyed it thanks for playing
1: Woo! go leafs go Boo! <laughs>